right. All right. Maybe. Hello? I'm all red. We're on the air. You're going to have to you. Can you hear me? I can hear you through the window. Can anybody listening hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. But I'm not hearing you in my head. You're hearing me in your Alright, I guess they can, I, I guess people can hear me. I can't hear myself. You can't hear me. That's, we're off to a great start. I was... Cut the music. Just cut the music. I mean, this is like the 17th consecutive show where nothing has gone right here. I don't know what's going on. I was going to start the whole show today with a whole spiel about how last week's over, and it was a disaster on every front, and it's going to be fine moving forward. I'm glad to turn the page. And of course, like it, we're, it's still a disaster here. Great. Uh, welcome, in everybody, to the Mike Rutherford Show. It is Monday, November 28th. Uh, again, I still can't hear myself. That's fine. We're on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, streaming all over the land. You know it better as the Big X. We're here at the University of Louisville College of Business Studios. Until 6 o'clock today, we'll try to get the uh, the audio issues. Yeah, people can say they can hear me, but it's faint. Uh, apparently, the audio was 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 very loud, and I was very not loud, but hopefully, I think I, I'm starting to sound better. There we go. Okay. I can hear you now a little bit. Now. I can I think now, we're, we've, I don't know what happened there. I don't know what was going on, but I, I, think we're, I think we're good now. When the music stopped, apparently, it changed everything. So, not sure what was going on, but... Off to a great start here as we continue on our. It, it's it's like it's still Thanksgiving week. Saturday in a nutshell. The disaster continues <laughs> from not just Saturday, the entire week, both personally and for the cars. Just a complete and utter catastrophe. Uh, we are at least back at the old U of L College of Business Studios. We've got normal hours now. TK's back from his his world adventures. So I. Did you miss me? Of course. Okay. We did this on Friday. Nobody could hear it because the, the, the audio wasn't working, and then you had to go to Jeffersonville, and then you came back. So, <laughs> And it was a holiday show anyway. Literally drove there, turned around, turned right. Let's right. just recap because, you know, we'll get to all the U of L stuff in, in a little bit, and, and this plays a part in what I'm going to talk about. But, you know, when you can make it about yourself, you make it about yourself. I, I had to write down everything that transpired over the last week slash weekend because it was – I'm done with Thanksgiving. I know it's your favorite holiday, TK. Oh, Thanksgiving 2022 ruined. It, it was could not have been worse. I don't think. <laughs> let's start with the fact. Let's start with the show. Disaster when you were gone. We couldn't get the pod to work the first couple of days. We couldn't get the intro was wrong. The audio was wrong. It, nothing worked. And then you know we can't get the hours were wonky last week during Thanksgiving week. Friday's show on remote was a, again a disaster. You have to leave. I've got your, I'm doing the show on a, on your cell phone <laughs> for an hour and a half. People are pissed off about it. That was, that was terrible. The, the week started with my family getting COVID, Mary bringing it back from Orlando, giving it to my parents. They have to cancel their Thanksgiving. We have to cancel our Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving day, we get Cracker Barrel. That kind of is a disaster too. They forget one of our entire meals. It takes like 30 hours to get that done. The Lions playing in one of the most exciting Thanksgiving games of all time against the you know, favorites to win the Super Bowl, fall just short, like heart, so, like soul-cripplingly sh- cripplingly short. That was a disaster. Maui, Louisville goes there, doesn't just go 0-3, becomes the first D1 team to lose all three of its games in Maui by 19 points or more. The, even the women's team, they go to Atlantis, they go 1-2, and surprisingly lose to Gonzaga and South Dakota State. We've got, I wake up th- Saturday morning, 
the furnace isn't working. We call the you know, vibes are off right off the bat for the governor's cup battle. We call the the furnace guy. He comes out. He's like, "Where does your like, where does your air go out?" I'm like, "I think it goes out through the chimney." It does. He's like, "There's a small rock that got lodged in your in the motor of your furnace, and it ends up cracking it in half. A bird must have dropped a small rock into your chimney." And he he, he says these words, which you never want to hear from your your furnace guy. I've never seen this before. I, I don't know though. You kind of got me worried when your furnace guy was first like, "Where does the air come out?" It's like. Well, you, you, it's, like a, it's like going to the mechanic the and him be like, how does your car start? But it's different in every house. And, he, and you can't tell when you're in like the actual furnace room and there's nothing to, to, right. to show where it goes out. But he's... He, find that a little... We found out very quickly when he went outside <laughs> and looked. <laughs> he comes back today. It's a cool thousand bucks for a new mo. He's like, I didn't really... To remove a rock? To put the mo... Well, it cracked the entire thing. The, the, rack got, the rock got lodged in there. It, it, it sounded like the house was going to blow up when I went down there. The furnace wasn't working and then I turned it on and it's like... I'm like, this is not what you want to hear. Sounds like my car I used to have. So that was terrible. Like, you know, again, $1,000, Merry Christmas. Glad that's happening. We finally, you know, and last week also, by the way, like one of the busiest work weeks you're ever going to have if you're covering UofL sports because you've got the battle for the Governor's Cup. You've got the basketball team playing three games during the day. And I, we have no help because we, we the, the house is just dripping in COVID. So we can't have babysitters come over. My parents have it too. They can't help out. So I... I like very little time to work. The radio show, you're gone, which makes everything harder. The one chance I have that you would probably have been desperate enough to get me to babysit. Probably I'm unavailable. It was just a, a complete That's catastrophe. My luck. The even yesterday, like I'm like I'm like, well, at least I get to watch Lamar. He has a thrilling comeback. Then they spit the bit, lose to the Jaguars on a two point conversion. Don't mess with a guy named Trevor. We got Lamar out here now throwing out. He's he's going at fans and getting in trouble for it, having to delete tweets. It's just. It was just a complete and utter failure on every level. It was no fun. And now we get to talk about it on Monday. And I know you love Thanksgiving. I could not be happier. I got the reindeer sweater on today. I'm, I'm moving past. I'm, Thanksgiving is out of my vocabulary now. This, it's all Christmas. This, this, this kind of goes along with you. My Thanksgiving wasn't exactly the greatest either. What happened to you? <laughs> I thought you said it was okay. I mean, it was okay. It just... <sighs> My favorite part is is getting all the great food and having leftovers and watching the football. Sure. My aunts didn't make Thanksgiving dinner this year. Oh. My cousin did. Oh, no, one she's good. not listening. It sucked. Uh, ours the wasn't turkey great was Turkey was, ugh. The, master, the, the stuffing wasn't, ugh. The, 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 the mac and cheese was, ugh. The only positive was the uh, uh, pumpkin roll that my aunt brought back from, from Indiana. Well, that sucks. Yeah, it was kind of like... Our Cracker Barrel wasn't great either. It was fine. They didn't put gravy on our mashed potatoes. Could yeah. not have been more dry. I tell you what, I you convinced me to get Cracker Barrel on Friday when you talked about this, the show. Yeah. So, and... and Shouldn't I, have. And <laughs> I got mashed potatoes and gravy, and it had gravy on it. And I remember I took a bite of it without gravy and thought, dude, I it can't... It was terrible. It was, it was awful. What... Some mashed potatoes you can get by with that, not no. Cracker Barrels. Too dry. It was like eating individual potato slices. It was it terrible. Was. <laughs> it was not good at all. So that was that was Thanksgiving, and we're going to talk about some of the things that took place over the weekend and last week, and they're the sports things, and they're some of the worst things. We we have to do it. By the way, Portugal just scored. I like having the World Cup on here. I'm just th- yeah. that may have been the only good sports hey, it's thing. Last year's KRC team, Uruguay. The best sports thing that I had going on was. USA playing to a scoreless tie against England. 
That was as good as it was as close to having success. At least you had Jalen Hurts going nuts last night. Yeah, it was fun. Lighting it up for the Eagles. Eagle win. Getting a win was nice last night. Aaron Rodgers looking like he's on Mars. I really could not handle going over two against TJ over the weekend with, with Kentucky and God. the Packers. I didn't listen, I didn't have the heart to listen to any KRC this morning. I didn't the, the only the only positive about last night being a being a close game and going late is that TJ had to be sleepy today. He had to stay up and watch it, which he probably didn't do anyway. But he's me. You know how it feels to beat a rival, though. It's like a natural high. You wait. You, you don't need sleep for like three or four days when that happens. Actually, I don't at remember. least that's what I remember from back in the mid two thousands. My short term memory doesn't allow me to remember what it's like to win a U of L football game against Kentucky. We were talking about it over the weekend when when it was apparent in the fourth quarter that Louisville had no shot at winning, and you know Mary and I are sitting there with the kids, and we're like, we haven't because the the basketball game that we won in twenty nineteen or twenty twenty the COVID year. Like I, we were doing Christmas with her family. I had to come back home by myself to, to do game stuff and do radio stuff. And so she, like, she was back in Springfield. I watched the game at home by myself. And we were talking about. It. I was like, we haven't experienced a Louisville victory over Kentucky in anything together since the 2017, like the last Lamar game. Like that's it was pre two years pre kids before we've gotten a chance to like like <laughs> celebrate and be like yeah bleep Kentucky for anything. You know how depressing that is? It was so sad to just think about. Like we were talking about all the games that we watched, like, you know, when we first moved into this sad. house, like having people over, going to other people's houses. And it's just been, it's been so long. And that's clearly where we're going to start the show today. It's, you know, Battle for Governor's Cup. We were hoping this was going to be a celebratory Monday that we could, you know, this was Sat's moment. He's the king of the city. We're riding high. And of course, it wasn't going to play out like that. You, no. you and I both, we, we picked Kentucky to win. Yeah. It didn't make it. Even when you're expecting it, it doesn't make it any easier to stomach. Like, I still had hope. I, we both still had hope. And you, know, you wake up that morning like, I'm giddy. I'm like, here we go. Like, you know, this is – UofL UK, it just it feels different when you wake up on those the men's basketball game day and the football game day. It's like two of the unofficial holidays that you get around here as a fan. And you know, you're counting down the hours. And then the game itself, it felt like a – it was kind of an encapsulation of – certainly this season, and maybe the Satterfield era overall, right? It goes poorly for a while, so much so that you're like, bleep this, you're firing off takes on Twitter, like this is unacceptable, we're getting dominated, and then it just changes out of nowhere for the for the better, for the positive. You, you know, Louisville scores that touchdown right before the end of the half, you brought Malik in, he looked good on that drive, it was the best the offense had looked, you know you're getting the ball to start the second half, and you're kind of like, well, well, Hmm? Are you, you are you talking hope. about Saturday's game or are you playing 2019's recap? I'm saying the entire – both <laughs> Saturday's game and the Satterfield era. Yeah. It was encapsulated in that afternoon because all of a sudden, just when you think you're out, you're pulled back in, you've got some hope, and then the hope, it takes a beating pretty quickly in the second half. And at the end of the game, you're kind of sitting there and you're like, well, it wasn't terrible. It certainly wasn't good, but it wasn't – the worst thing in the world. It was better than what we've experienced in recent years against Kentucky. So you're still mad, but you're not like furious. It's just like where we are with Scott Satterfield. You would much prefer, and again, we said it all offseason, we knew that wasn't going to be the case. You knew he wasn't going to make it easy on you one way or the other. Whether it was like a 9-3 and three season where he's, he's God, or a 3-9 and nine season where he clearly has to go, you knew it was going to be 6-6 six and six or 7-5. and five. You knew it. And Louisville remains in this spot now with Satterfield, where for the first time in any of our existence as a Cardinal football fan, we have a guy who you don't really know how to feel about. 
we it, it's always been either overwhelmingly good or overwhelmingly bad. It's been Cragthorpe and Cooper or Petrino 1.0 and Charlie Strong. Like that's what it's been. You, you, you're either going to lose the guy to greener pastures or you got to get rid of him because he sucks. And with Satterfield, it's right there in the middle. And you're not sure how to feel about it. And that's the way that Saturday's game was. It was better than the last three times against Kentucky. Was it good enough? Absolutely not. I mean, the question is, did Louis, was it because Louisville took steps forward or is it because just Kentucky took a step, is, is a step back? Probably a little bit of both. I mean, that's the, that's the thing is, you know, I mean, we're sitting here talking about. Because honestly, I watched that game and I just watched basically the equivalent of like, I felt like we were like the geek in middle school gym class. And Kentucky's just in there. Just pulling us our underwear above our head and sticking our head in the toilet. Yeah, I, I didn't think it was like that. I mean, it I wasn't felt like, like the we last got few bull- years. I, 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 the score may not show it, but but I feel like it's because Kentucky is not as good as they have been the last couple of years, and we just still came out and just got wet willied and wedgied. Yeah, and I, I didn't. Stuck I, in a locker. I, I mean, we ran the ball all over them when we wanted to. We just didn't finish drives, and we had poor quarterback play, which has been killing us all season long. Like we. We're, it's the third time in the history of the series that the team that ran for more yards lost this game. Like we outrushed them. Jawar Jordan, you know, was averaging what seven yards per carry, just about. Like, and that was the maddening thing about the, the biggest play in the game to me. And we're jumping right into this, I know. But the biggest play in the game to me, it wasn't one of the the, the big plays that UK broke. It wasn't even the, one of the turnovers. It was the very first play of the second half because we had again we had run the ball up and down against them a couple of times we finished one drive we went for it on fourth down which i thought was dumb the, the drive before and got stopped but we had the momentum 13 to 7 at half malik's back in you're thinking okay this is malik's this is malik's hero moment right like we all had the thought we've been talking about when is malik going to be a hero what a perfect time for it finally to happen you get the ball first play this is the biggest play of the game to me we don't run the ball like we've been doing so well at the end of the second half at the end of the first half, I should say, Malik gets sacked. Boom, second and nineteen. And we know that this team they can't handle adversity. Like they can't bounce back from one thing, little thing going wrong on a drive. And that was kind of it. Like we go three and out. They come down. They get points. Malik throws the pick on the next drive, and the game's over. Like right, you go from thinking that we've got a real shot in this thing if we can come out and seize momentum. They're on their heels. To the, to giving them the momentum right back there. That first play of the second half was when I was like, "What are we?" Why? Why are we doing this? What are we doing? And then from that point forward, it was all them. Like, like they just controlled things. So while I, I didn't feel like we got manhandled the way that we've gotten the last couple of years, like we certainly competed more in the trenches. The defense was better than it has been. It still was very clear that they were superior to us, which is what we were saying all week was, you know, do we expect the gap to be bridged? Sure. But the gap is like the, the grand damn canyon. If you've watched the last few games, they could have beaten us by 60 the last three times we've played. So, yeah, you, you shouldn't lose by 60 to these guys. But making it closer is not anything that – we're three-point underdogs against a 6-5 U.K. team. What was it? Yeah, 6-5 six and five six going into the game. Yeah, not a great U.K. team. No. And so to sit here and say like 26-13, to 13, I, I'm not going to moral victory that. It's, it's, I feel like it's the same as the Bellerman conversation after the game. Like, was it better? Yeah. Is it good enough? Absolutely not. Like, they were clearly superior. We didn't really threaten with them. I know we've got, you know, the backup quarterback and all that stuff. There's, I, I still, I'm, I'm just not going to excuse getting bullied around, for the most part, by a team that's just like, just whatever in the SEC. I mean, this, this was, again, I, I kind of said, that's why I just joked with the re, when you were doing the recap. I was like, this feels like just a lighter version of 2019 again. Where yeah. we feel like we're gonna get we score a late touchdown. Now that score's a little different. I think it was what, like I think it was That was forty five to thirteen. Yeah, now the second half, again, UK light. 
because you and I'll, I got the box score up here. In that game, we we, we scored a late touchdown, the, the Hawkins long long run touchdown run. We in the first half, you mean? Se- yeah, yeah. Cut 17 yeah. 13. We, yeah. we got momentum. Here we go, right? And what happens second half? We do squat. Yeah. We, we, we just, they just pretty much manhandle us the entire second half. This is what they did in this game. They manhandled us for most of the game, with the exception of that one, you know, Cunningham drive where, where you know, Sats even said in the post game, you know, we put them in for a spark. We got a spark out of that one drive, but that's all we got. And even you look at 2019, you can argue, well, well, Hawkins had a great game running the ball in that game. He had 142 yards, six and a half yards of carry. Well, that's just that one run, though. True. And, but I mean, and, and, but in this game, yeah, Jawar had a nice game. I'm not, you know, going to dismiss that. But the fact is, is that I don't feel like we were ever really in the game. Like, I mean, just you didn't I, feel like confident at halftime. No, I didn't. I, we were, I mean, I definitely thought we were in the game at halftime. I mean, but I, it I quickly went out the window in the second half. I guess I will. I will go with that. I, what little confidence I may have had, but it was very little. I mean, very little. Was like you just said, the second half you come out, we have to score, whether it be a field goal, a touchdown. Yeah. We've got to do something, and we do absolutely nothing. And I'm just like, that's why I'm just like, you know what? It's, I'm just going to pack another one up because this is over. I mean, the I, three and out was a killer. I mean, I just don't, we just, it's just, I've seen this movie before over and over and it just gets worse and worse. I'm like, I'm like, I'm police Academy six where it's no longer funny. It's just sad. I mean, the, the, the depressing thing about the game, well, one of the depressing things about the game, piece, we had five since it was the fifth game in a row. If you just had competent quarterback play, the, I mean, the defense did enough to keep you in. They, they tightened up when they had to, they didn't let, I mean, Will Levis didn't, Light you up at no, all? No, UK's offense isn't very good. No, it's I mean, not. It's, like, like, not. Not to take away from our defense, but they are. You know, you held them to twenty six points. Like that's right their average. You, yeah. you held them to an average offensive game, and against a UK defense that's been good, but you still feel in a, in a normal year the Cardinal offense against that UK team is going to should be have at least in the vicinity of putting up more than twenty six points. And the issue, I mean, the offensive line I thought played well. They opened up. We had holes for the running back. Maurice Turner played well in a weird spot for him as a true freshman. But they did not respect the passing game at all, nor did they have to because, you know, they're bringing extra rushers. Brock Doman has guys wide open right in front of his face. Like, I'm seeing it on TV. Marshawn Ford has nobody within 15 yards of him and hold the ball, hold the ball, hold the ball, hold the ball. Boom, I'm hit. Or boom, I'm throwing off my back foot to a guy who's triple covered. And then Malik comes in, and you're like, well, maybe he can give us a spark. He makes the quick reads on the first drive. You're thinking, okay, good. And then throws the a pass that you cannot make. I don't care if you're a true freshman, let alone a 17th-year senior, into triple coverage, gets hurt on the play. Doman comes back in. He's got – I mean, he just – he was not ready for that game. And it's one of the you – know, now that we have you – know, we, we'll have the bowl game to talk about, but we're essentially in earnest. We're in the offseason now. Guys are entering the transfer portal, both for us and, and across the country. And the biggest thing that Louisville has to address for this offseason is bolstering its passing game. You've got, you've got to go out there and get a quarterback, and you've got to go out there and get weapons. You have some guys in this recruiting class right now who are going to help you right away in that. I think DeAndre Moore can be on the field immediately and help you out there. But you've got to go out and get more guys, especially if you do lose Tyler Hudson, who could theoretically come back for one more season you know, we'll see what he chooses to do. But the passing game was so vanilla, so lame, and it really just hindered the offense this entire year. Once again, they just cannot get on the same page. The defense overachieves dramatically this year, winds up being a strength. And if the offense is just average, you're talking about the team the same way that you were in 2021 and 2020 when you're saying if the defense is just average. We're winning eight, nine games. If the offense is just average this year, you're winning eight, nine games, and there's no question about Satterfield's you know, 
job status or you know the future with the program, you're feeling good about things. They just cannot get both sides playing at the level that they need to. That's priority one for you going into this offseason. Find ways to bolster the passing game because the passing game just never, ever got going this year, and it killed you on Saturday, among other things. The other thing that really sucks about the game, and I hate to be just like a complete downer right off the bat here, although I already have been, is it have been up. <laughs> I, you're sitting there like when it's clear in the second half that the game's not going to go well for you. You're kind of sitting there watching and you're just like, what do we have to look forward to now? Like, you know, the bowl game will be fine, but let's be real. Like 10 bowl games matter now. The New Year's games and the playoff games and playing in a tier three, tier four bowl game doesn't mean what it meant 15, 20 years ago. It's just, it's not the same. Like we'll get excited about it, but like, you know, at the end of the day, if you could choose winning the UK game or winning the bowl game, everybody's picking the UK game. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong at all. I mean, like, in some cases, those, those second tier games, it depends on your team. If we were a young team, like next year's yeah. team, then you go okay. Bowl game gets get, you know the 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 the, the practice. You know, fill in the get that practice. Got to get that practice, extra practice. Trev. Extra snaps, extra game. It's more important yeah, the game it. itself, Trev. Yeah, but I mean that's not what we have in this situation. We we've got a team of nothing but fifth, sixth, and seventh year guys. And I mean, you don't you obviously you'd like to see them go out on a whim for some of those guys. That you, we'll get into the bowl game, but it is what it is. But yeah, there, there's nothing really to gain for it. I mean, hell, it'll be like last year's game. Yeah, yeah, which which I still think we got dominated in, but we only lost by a field goal. <laughs> we, yeah, we'll, we'll look forward to the bowl game. But at the end of the day, winning the UK game would have meant more to the fan base into this program than more. whatever the bowl game winds up being. And then you look at, because we have to now, the men's basketball season, and you're like, oh, do we have to? I mean, when in your lifetime have you ever had, had the football season end and just had no hope for the men's basketball season? There have been you know down Novembers in the past. Down Novembers in the past meant that we lost like one game that we weren't supposed to to a good night. Like we lost to Iowa, and we're like, oh boy, we may not win. We may, we may not be national champions. I want to go back to like those years, like oh two Mike, and just smack him in the face and be like, taste twenty twenty two Mike's pain, where we have we really have no hope. We got four months ahead. We're gonna root for this team like hell. I, I, at least I hope we do. We are. We're going to hope that we see improvement. We'll hopefully, we'll I mean win a game at some point. But like as, as far as hoping that this team is going to turn the corner to be a tournament team, or as in every other year in our past, like a good tournament team, is just not something that's that's out there right now. While well, well, you're back in 02, will you slap 02 Trevor and tell him not to date Stacy. Don't say don't say Stacy. <laughs> Even worse, it's gonna not gonna don't happen. do it. Don't do it. She calls. Don't answer the phone. <laughs> The conversation will change your life forever. <laughs> Go back. So the, the game ends yesterday, and you're like, this is kind of like the last big event. Like, you're really looking forward to a chance to gain. But like I, I, like I said on Friday in the show that I'm sure nobody heard, I think it was when I was, my voice was robotic and crackling through everything. We've had not only have the last few seasons when it comes to men's basketball and football been subpar compared to our standards, but you haven't even had those just big – crazy awesome feeling victories mixed in like every now and then we've had down seasons in the past where at least you know you're beating Kentucky or at least you're you're pulling an upset over a, a top five team we haven't had those types of games to just keep us going to keep us fueled and now you you felt like the last one of those that was attainable was Saturday's game against Kentucky you lose that and you're kind of like well you're talking about football only or football and basketball, and basketball. 
See, basketball, what about, I don't know, the Duke win on the road against, at Duke. Uh, that was a good one. Yeah, it, that was That kind felt of a, good. Like that, that, honestly, that's probably the best one that we've had I mean, during this, high, this span. Yeah, I mean, I just, and, and that was. And worse. that team ended up not going to the tournament. And that was like the end of it all because they ended up just, yeah. it was like five in a row. Anybody lose every game after that or something? Yeah, it was, yeah. It was, <laughs> and that Duke team ended up not being as good as we thought. No, no, time. it didn't. No, it didn't. But it's just like. I watched that game in Vegas. It's why <laughs> I, I think the game ends and you're kind of like, well, now what? Like, you know, we'll get excited about. Like I'm excited to watch the volleyball team chase the national title. They earned a number one seed yesterday. Yeah, I saw that. Like, we'll get into that again. The women's basketball team will, you know, I think you expect them to bounce back and be Final Four good as the season goes along. We'll get into baseball. The baseball, I think, is you know, College World Series or bust this year. But when it comes to, when it comes to the two spotlight sports, it's you know, you're just kind of like, well, <laughs> I, I mean, I'll. I guess we'll get back into the transfer portal and the recruiting stuff. Well, hopefully Kenny Payne can kill us and, and kill it and give us, or not kill us, give us some excitement during this spring with the transfer portal. Hopefully Satterfield can do the same in the months ahead. But as far as like on-field, on-court results, it's just, you're, you're kind of in this weird spot where there's just not a whole lot of hope right now. And that was one of the worst parts about sitting through the second half of that Kentucky game was like, you're, you're like this is the one chance that we had for a while to have a euphoric, like, I can't sleep, I'm so excited type win that you feel good about for a long time, and it just it just didn't happen. Is this the, is, are, are we seeing the ceiling that we are going to get with Satterfield if we keep him? I think that's the concern, isn't it? Is that, I mean, and I don't know, I mean, is it, I, mean, I can't say it's a bad thing to be a team that's going to constantly be six and seven and maybe possibly eight wins on a rotating basis, but that's also exactly what, I think from day one, when I met you, you said you did not want to be. I don't. Which was, no. in a way, that's kind of a poor man's NC State. Because yeah, we're not we're, talking about going We're eight. a slight step below yeah, NC State. Yeah, we're not talking about going, oh, we're going to constantly win eight, maybe nine games. We're talking about six, seven games. It's. I mean, do, do we want, I mean, do we want to be a doggy paddle? No. Program. No. That's what we're doing. We're just dog, doggy paddling with our head above water. I, we now have a coach who, after four years, is. One game above 500. He's 15 and 18 in the ACC. If you had told Louisville fans, like imagine yourself back in 20, late 2013 you or mid 2014 you when Petrino's coming back, Strong is left and our hearts are broken, but we still we feel good. Bobby's going to you know, bring us back to where we, you know, we were before then. We're going to the ACC. You know, all the excitement that we had with the football program right then. And if you had said fast forward almost a decade, you've got a head coach. He's three games below 500 in the ACC after four years. He's never won more than eight games. He's one game over 500 overall. Are you satisfied don't with forget, that? Uh, don't forget he has yet to beat Kentucky. And he, Yeah, and he's 0-4 against Kentucky. Yeah. Who's been better than you've experienced in your life, but still yeah. not like world beaters. You know, would that be good enough for you? No, and nobody would say yes. Nobody. I'm and, and I, I'm not sitting here advocating for Scott Satterfield to be fired because that would be hypocritical. I said going into the year, if he goes seven and five, with, because of the recruiting class, I think he you have to give him another year. But to act like this is where we should be, to act like this is where we're going to be and this is as good as it's going to get, I refuse to. I'm, that, that, I'm not going to accept that, that. That's where it depends on. Where, where, are you happy with? No, me? no. Like I, I, this type, this type of like keeping your head above water type program. I mean, I guess. It, I, I mean, I'm not saying that it's not a it's a bad thing. I mean, trust me, it could be a lot worse. But it could be I a just, lot worse. Should like, not be a tagline, right? You know, like that, that. That's not where you should be as a program. 
especially when you've had the type of success that Louisville's had. That's what it said in my business card. I'd go to other radio stations to find it. Could be a lot worse. That's how I ended up getting married. Finally. <laughs> really? I mean, that can get my, it's going to get worse than this. Might as well grab it now. We're both getting too close to 30. <laughs> yeah. You could do worse. Hey, was that your vows? <laughs> that was my proposal. Uh, nailed it. Uh, I just so if you if you if you I mean so it's hard to be because I, I mean does it make me a, does, am I hallucinating as a fan to think that Louisville should be better than this on a regular basis? No, you're not. You're okay. not. And, and maybe am I delusional because some people will we say, had our small runs with the Petrino one and the and the strong run. And some people will say you are like some, even some Louisville fans will listen and be like that. You know we're in the ACC now, you, you, seven and five and eight and four. That's probably our top. Yeah, maybe every now and then we'll get to nine wins. And maybe they end up being right. Maybe 20 years from now, I'll look back at myself and say, oh, you sweet summer child. You're, you know, you were so naive going in there. But you got to remember, like, I grew up like, like with Louisville football going from this middling whatever type program in the 90s where they're, they're almost just completely irrelevant on the national scene to boom. Well, especially post-Howard. Yeah, yeah to, to, to boom. 2004. Almost undefeated, they finished number six in the country. 2006, almost undefeated, playing for a national title. They're number six in the country. 2016, a decade later, they've got Lamar Jackson wins the Heisman Trophy. They're nine and one. They're number five in the country. They're flirting with the college football playoff. Like we have been in the conversation for national titles, not just like once every like boom, a crazy year that just seems like a complete outlier. Now looking back on it, multiple times in my lifetime, we know that it's attainable. And you can't not tell me that those teams, maybe the 2004 team doesn't go 11 and one in the ACC, you can't tell me that they wouldn't be have been a top-tier team in the ACC. Like, that team could have played with anybody. And I think the same thing about the 06 team. I think 2016 bottomed out because of a lot of other things, but they still went 7-1 and in the conference and damn near beat the national champions on their home field. You cannot tell me that Louisville football, every now and then at least, cannot be a big-time player on the national stage. 7-5 and should not be where we're celebrating, like where this program is. And if it is, guess what? Those crowds that people are complaining about at Cardinal Stadium, they're here for good. They're here forever. I mean, I, and this may be a bad comparison because people, I think, in, high, in, in nostalgic hindsight, look at them at a, at a higher level. And I love them, too. But I, I just feel kind of like we're at that John L. Smith. Where John, I love John L. But he was probably never going to be more than a 7-5 and five guy at Louisville. I mean, Michigan, luckily Michigan State didn't realize that. But when he left, like, Petrino took what he had built, the groundwork he'd put, and took it to that next level. A level I don't know if John L. could have taken it to. If he could have, he probably would have been better at Michigan State. And that's kind of where we're at with Satterfield in a tougher conference, nonetheless. Well, maybe not. I don't know. It depends on what year it is because he has had ups and downs. If we keep, if we're going to stay with Satterfield, are we just, I mean, I just feel like we're just going to stay at that, that six, seven, eight area. And that's what we're going to find out. And, and instead, we don't we don't hire a guy who could take us that next level. I don't know, like a guy taking a school to its first ever Big Ten championship. The, I wrote a big thing going into the season, just kind of I don't know trying to encapsulate the, to the 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 vibe around the program right now and what happens. And I said, because if our goal is to be a national player, whatever that means for you, and we now have word that I saw right before we came on air, Nicole Arbach says that there's a that there are discussions that if the Rose Bowl comes to the table they could still expand the playoff to 12 teams starting in 2024, just a couple of years from now. So with the expanded playoff, Come on, Rose Bowl. if your goal is to be in that playoff mix, to be one of the 12 best teams in the country in a few years, which I think it should be. Like that, that, I think that's an attainable goal for Louisville. Not every year, but every you know, one, four, five, six years, we should have a team that's good enough to at least flirt with the playoff, if not make it in. 
There are two paths to make that happen. The first one is to kind of do what we've done in the other years that I'm talking about, 04, 06, 2016, which is essentially catch lightning in a bottle. Get the the right mix of local recruits who probably wouldn't have picked Louisville if they'd grown up in Florida or California. Well, not California now, but Florida or, or Mississippi or, or whatever back in the day. Get those guys to stay home. Have the, the right coaching staff that can take the pieces that they're given and make them something more than what they should be and overachieve to the point that you're one of the 12 best teams in the country despite not having a recruiting class that would indicate that you should be playing with these types of teams. Or route two, which we've never done before now, is to recruit like the big boys, to get those types of players. Get the four stars, get the five stars, get, get the Ruben Owens of the world, the you know Aaron Williams of, of the world, the DeAndre Moores of the world, and then just be a national player because you've got national player type talent. We're trying to go that second route now. And the question becomes, can this coaching staff, which to this point has been a 500 coaching staff, I don't think that that's good enough on its face. Maybe you disagree. I don't. Can they take more talent than what they've had the last four years and be good enough to be one of the 15, 12 best teams in the country once those kids come of age two or three years down the line? And that, it seems like, again, I don't know what Josh Hurd's thinking. I don't know what the, the weeks ahead hold, but it seems like that's the experiment that we're about to embark on, right? Next year, probably going to be Best case scenario, kind of like the last two. Go out there, grab some band-aids for the transfer portal. Hopefully you can get a quarterback. Hopefully you can get some playmakers on the outside. Hopefully you can get some defensive pieces that can replace the ones that are moving on. And you can win six, seven, maybe eight games. But two or three years from now, when this top 15, top 20 recruiting class, when those kids start getting good enough to not just be on the field, but to be hopefully playmakers, that's when you really want to see a special type season. We haven't had a special season in a long, we haven't won 10 games since Charlie left. That should still be the goal. Again, you can't expect that every year at a program like Louisville, but that should be what you're working towards achieving. You should view this the way that you view the baseball seasons. Most baseball programs, it's a three-year rotation. You bring in a big-time recruiting class, you throw them into the fire, you have a whatever type season, you have a better season in year two, and then year three, boom, you're rolling. Those kids are hopefully leading you to the College World Series, then they all get drafted, you start the cycle all over again. That's kind of where we are with football. This recruiting class, you hope in two or three years, they make you a national player. And the big question is whether or not the staff has the whatever to make that happen. I don't think we've seen it yet. I think that you can easily argue that they should have done more in three of the four seasons where they've been here. But they've done just enough to make you curious enough to see what's going to happen when they get their hands on Owens and Moore and Sanker and all these kids and see what happens. And that's where we are. It's still very much a gigantic guess for everybody associated with the program. But to answer the question that started this whole thing, do I think that seven and five type seasons are good enough moving forward? No. And if you told me right now, seven and five is what, like you're never going to be terrible. You're never going to be three and nine bad, but eight and four is the best that you can hope for going into a season. Do you want to keep that for the next four or five years? My answer is no. That's me. I'm saying no. I think you would say no too. I uh, will say no. I expect, I mean, especially with the fact that the ACC is open for grabs still on a year-to-year basis. Yeah. I mean, it, that's... It's a fair point. The ACC, it's not like we're playing in the best conference in the world. I mean, if we were in the SEC and you in the SC West and you were saying, oh, well, you're going to go 7-5 you know, on a regular, no, no worse, no less, 
know, seven, eight wins, I probably would be more satisfied. You know, as the East even maybe to a degree. But, I mean, the ACC's, no. I mean, I mean, it could be better. We could be in the other side. But, you know. And moving forward, there are no more divisions. This is the last year yeah. of divisions. Oh, yeah, true. So that's out yeah. the window now. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's. No Clemson next year. I mean, the 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 the, 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 the role of number two has been just wide open year to year since we've been in here. And we've we've taken it one time. Yeah. I mean, Florida State's been down. The teams, like, like BC and Wake, they're better now than they were when we joined the conference. They still but should not be better than us. But at best, they're, they're where we're, we're talking we're at right now at a, at a six to eight exactly. area. Exactly, exactly. Like, they, they're just, not yeah, world just, beaters. Just talking about having, you know, the, the mostly 50-50 games amongst everybody. And that's the difference, I mean, of the team that wins, 50, goes, you know, three and two or three and three during their 50-50 games. It's rather 50-50 games. Or the guy that goes four, six and one. Or five and one in those games. And wins those games. And wins those close games. Because they're a better coach. Or I have better talent. And I just don't see... I don't think we have either one of those sometimes in most cases. I know. I, I, I'm with you. We have to take a break. We've talked long enough. I want to make sure we get the break in here. We'll come back. I've got a couple of follow-up thoughts uh, that pertain to the actual game itself from Saturday that I want to make before we turn the uh, the conversation over to you guys on the Thornton Sex Line, which, by the way, is 502-414-1450. Uh, many of you have already texted in your thoughts. I missed the text line while I was gone. Well, uh, get- was it mean to me? No. I didn't even look, I didn't even log in and look at it because I was like I'm not going to be on the show. They're mostly just pissed off about the the stream not working or the oh, podcast yeah. not coming up or other things or why we weren't on the air for some days. So five zero two four one four fourteen fifty is the Thornton text line. You'll you'll get a heavy dose of that today. We'll come back. Uh, TK and I have a couple of follow up thoughts that we'll get to. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on Monday, November twenty eighth on fourteen fifty and ninety six one. The Big X. Yeah, it's the same old story. Same old song. Best Michael Scott <laughs> sitting on the empty uh, on empty car. I read somewhere. I think I'm, I don't know if I ever brought this up with you before, but uh, you remember the music video of this one, right? No. Oh, okay, you know, uh, it it was, you know, it was a '90s video. Had like a little story movie going on with it, but for the most part, it was a lot of um, the actual kids' pictures off of milk cartons. Oh, geez. from the early '90s. Uh, now I do remember, and it actually helped. Twenty-one yeah, kids had them. been yeah. brought home because of the video. That's wild. It's insane. But very cool, too. It is. Why shouldn't every music video should just be kids' faces from milk cartons? <laughs> of course, you don't have the kids' faces on milk cartons. Either. That's why we still missing kids. That's what, that's, that's what happened. We took away milk cartons. That's the reason. That's, that, ca- that caused the giant spike in runaways and, and abductions. Welcome back in. Mike Rutherford Show reacting to the, uh, the the big news of the weekend, which is Louisville once again following, falling uh, to Kentucky. Four straight time that Kentucky has won the battle for the Governor's Cup. And it's... 
It's not the first four game winning streak. Bug you that they said they're, 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 some of them are like going. It's five in a row because y'all didn't want to play in COVID. Well, we actually did want to play. It was that was you remember UK like they were like Barnhart voted for not playing non uh, non conference games. So yeah, we played Western because we could play a non conference game. We voted to play one, so that was on you guys. But am I glad that we didn't play that year? Probably because we won three it games. Would have been five in a row. Probably would be five. <laughs> but they've never beaten us five in a row. We've beaten them five in a row. That's what will be on the line next year. But this this four-game losing streak, it feels different than – and it kind of goes back to what we were talking about, just the, the state of the program right now, not being awful but not being good enough. When we lost four in a row from 20, 2007 through 2010, yeah. it was – you were getting cracked, right? Cragthorpe comes in here takes over this rivalry that Louisville has thoroughly dominated, promptly loses three in a row, he gets fired, and you're like, okay, that was understandable. That guy sucked. UK was playing a little bit better than we were. We still almost won two of those three games. Whatever, we'll move on. Charlie comes in. His very first game is against a UK team that's better than UofL. We play them competitively. We lose by a touchdown. He then never loses to them again. We get right back to rolling them, win four in a row, or win five in a row, end up winning five of six, and then now you're in this weird spot where the 2018 game is explainable. That team had quit, didn't have a head coach. UK was pretty good. We were terrible. Boom, whatever, move yeah, on. Everybody we played creamed us. And then now you've had three games against Kentucky that on paper have all been kind of toss-ups. We were a, a slight underdog in 2019, got blasted. We were a home favorite in 2021, got blasted. Mm-hmm. Slight underdog this year on their home field, where, by the way, we had won five in a row in Lexington before 2019. It's not a place where we've been overly intimidated. We had a winning record in Lexington going into this game. The crowd was that packed anyway. Yeah, I mean, we had won five of six still, even with the 2019 loss going into this game. And you lose. It's closer than the last three, but you still get doubled up 26 to 13. And and like you know, we've said, it felt like UK controlled that game from pretty much start to finish. And so now you're in this spot where it's like, we've never been here when it comes to the rivalry. With the first four-game losing streak, it was, if you just get rid of Cragthorpe, things will go back to normal. And now, I mean, maybe some people are saying, if you just get rid of Satterfield, things will go back to normal. But it's not that cut and dry for all the reasons that we've just mentioned. And also, you know, you got to tip your cap a little bit. UK has been playing better than we're used to seeing them play in our lifetimes. Now, this season, they took a step back, but the last few teams have been some of the best teams that... UK has ever fielded since you and I have been alive and since most people are listening have been alive. But what needs to happen to swing this rivalry back in our favor? There's a mental thing, I think, clearly. UK goes into these games expecting to win. We may act like we do, but when the game starts, it doesn't feel like it. No. And then, too, you just got to get better. Like We've been okay the last four years. We haven't been good enough. We've got to get back to having... Special players. There was a great text on Friday's show talking about usually games like this come down to weapons. Like 2014, Kyle Bowen came in and did his thing, but the biggest part of that game was we had Devontae Parker and they didn't. 2015, we had Lamar Jackson come in. He basically single-handedly won the game by himself after he came in to replace replace Bowen. Lamar could single-handedly win games. They had the most impactful specialty players in this game. Barry and Brown did his thing, wasn't a killer, but made big plays when they needed him to. Chris Rodriguez was solid, not spectacular. Will Levis did just enough. And we don't did not have those guys. Jawar Jordan played a great game, but he's not that type of game breaker usually. 
he did enough to keep us in the game, but we didn't have the quarterbacks. We didn't have the receivers necessary to keep to keep pace with them. We've got to go out and get weapons again. Like, like that's if you if you're going to win games like this, you've got to have those difference makers. Right now, we just don't have them on offense. I also just think they just mentally own us. I, that, there's absolutely and, that, and that. That goes part back to where I feel like we got treated like the the nerdy kid in middle school gym class. Like they just they're just kind of there are they they're the bully. And we're over here wearing two pairs of underwear in case the, so the first one and put a, in a cut in the first one so it'll rip right away. I mean, they're just, they came in and you saw it in Saturday's game. I mean, they just, you know, the, 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 little, the little shoving thing, just, just getting in our heads. And by halftime, or at least by the end of the first quarter, almost it felt like to a degree that we're like, we're, we just don't feel like we can even mentally compete with them. They were more composed early on. And Satterfield's talked about that and all been, week and long. They've been like that for the entire time. Satterfield's Satterfield been Stoops they have, going they head to head. And I feel like, Honestly, like when I see Satterfield and Stoops when it comes to this, this game, I feel like Satterfield is is Henry Winkler and Stoops is the guy that takes his little green notebook. Like he just walks up to him, he's like, "We don't want things." To get. Stoops is in a half court going or half field midfield going. We don't want things to get too physical now, do we, Stats? And keep in mind, and Stats is like, "No," and, and he like hands him his green notebook, and he's over there on the sidelines sitting there on a, on a football trying to hatch. And keep in mind how opposite of that it was when Satterfield first got here. Like Stoops was the guy who couldn't beat Louisville, right? Like, he no, was, that's exactly. He had the 2016 game was like a shocker to everybody, but before then he was going up against Petrino, who never lost to Kentucky. He, he, that that's where it was. He is now the Petrino in this role. That's what it, it feels like. It but, feels like the roles have flipped. Like he is. Like, it's kind of like because Petrino owned him. Yeah, it's kind of like the Calipari-Patino thing where you know, the Patino that we knew when he was at Kentucky, he kind of became the, the crumb when he was at Louisville when Calipari got there and just seemed like he was, again, like just the emotions took over him in that rivalry game. Now, Satterfield talked all week about how we've got to have our players keep their heads in check. Like the, the emotions have gotten the best of us in recent years. We can't let that happen again. And what happens in that first half? We're the less composed team. We let the pushing and shoving get into our heads. We fight back a little bit. We're the ones getting penalized more. We're the guys who seem to be you know, not taking it well. Even after the game, and I'm sure some UK fans are going to bring it up on the text line, you get Chris Bell throwing a water bottle into the crowd out of frustration. It's, frustration, yeah. it's just like, like, but we, Whatever, like, UK they don't see. Trash can. <laughs> and they lost that game handily. <laughs> they did. When they it's were letting their emotions point, get yeah. out of check, they were the team that was doing that stuff. Now we're the one who's doing it. Like they, we have played right into their hands every year of this rivalry since 2018. We did it again on on Saturday. They were more composed. They also they avoided making the big mistake. You know, we're a team that lived and died with creating turnovers. They did just. They played the very vanilla game. They took advantage of us being overly aggressive with our blitzes and hit hit us over the middle, which more teams probably should have done during ACC play. They didn't turn the ball over. We made the the few big mistakes in the game. The the Doman fumble, the Malik pick, and that was that was it. Like that, that's the game right there. They're more composed. They didn't make the big mistake, and they had better specialty players. And just think, on paper, is Kentucky better, possibly? But I just don't feel like they they should be most. Do- and, and it shouldn't be as one sided as it's been. Is for it, sure. no, and, and and that last year included, and this year as well. And that is a little bit to do with the obviously coaching and just being mentally punked out. By Stoops and this UK team. I mean, it, everything we I, we I said on Friday that could not happen for Louisville to be in this game. They went the complete opposite of it. Yeah, you can't fall behind double. You can't fall. You can't fall behind it all in any way. They fall behind thirteen nothing. You you have to win the turnover battle into a point where you can't even turn the ball over. You're going to have to win this turnover battle like two nothing, three nothing. What happens? They lose it three to nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, just everything that, that just you could not do, they did. And it's just like, at what point you're just going to learn your lessons? Not this, this year. This is, yeah, I mean, the good win. thing though is that I feel understands the rivalry now. 
And well, so, that's so, great. And so next year he's gonna he's, he's gonna be different. I'm joking because that was the big thing last no, year, and it has not. Understanding the rivalry has not changed the results, unfortunately. The only the only stride sport we have made in this in this rivalry with under Satterfield is he, he's not whining about L's down. Or losing by thirty anymore. He's still getting shoved in the locker by Stoops and, and company. He's, he's still he's still he's still getting he's still getting getting noogies. But he's, yeah. he's but he's but he's not see. But he's not at least he's not whining about it now. At least Friday, he's not whining. He's not tattling now. Friday and Wednesday of last week's show, I told you this was going to happen. I told you people you're seeing on the sex line. You're going to see people who were happy with Scott Satterfield and overall at the very least satisfied with the season, who were going to say, you know what. Seven and five, even with a loss to Kentucky, it's a positive season. They were going to be irate when they actually had to sit and watch it. It's like when you read about a, a bad crime, it's one thing. You're like, ooh, man, like, they, yeah, that, that, that's terrible. When you see the video of it actually happening, you're shocked. What happened it's, to you? It's the exact same thing here. Saying seven and five with a loss to Kentucky, that's, you know, not, not a thorough domination. We were within two scores, for God's sake. Like, it, it's one thing to talk about it on Friday and be like, you know, still a good season. Who cares? Like, we'll, we'll move on. When you actually have to sit through it, you turn around on Monday and you're like, these bleeping losers. I hate I hate it so much. The rivalry game changes everything. It's done. It's been, it's the biggest negative in the Satterfield era. Right now, if he were three games above 500 and three and one in his games against UK, there's a lot less controversy about whether or not he should be extended or whether or not he should be the guy moving forward. People aren't thrilled with him. People aren't like calling him the greatest coach we've ever had. But the conversation is markedly different than him being sitting here 0 3 against UK and just basically a 500 coach after four years. Not so much just rubbing our face in the dirt as their special teams, which hasn't been good in their kicker. You stuck. knew it was going to happen. What did, he won MVP. MVP. He won MVP. The guy who was like 12, I mean, 12 I mean, of 20 going in the game. That's just now he did, now he did, did Stoops rub our face in the dirt. He made us eat it. It was like the old basketball thing where they always had a guy who was just, you know, a terrible shooter who randomly hit seven threes against or us. Or no, it was usually it the was, Jorts thing. Well, when it was when it was tub during the tubby years, it was always whatever random seven footer that can't dribble and walk and chew gum at the same time would have twelve points and thirteen rebounds. Yeah, we at least won it. a few times during the tubby years. Yeah. Like but like you knew like, when he first lined up for the first kick, which was like a forty four yarder. The guy hadn't been like, he would have missed that against anybody else. He, he would have he would have kicked it into the left stands like forty five degrees straight to the left, and instead he just he, he wasn't even close to missing any of those kicks. He split the uprights on all four of them. It was like the you know the 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 eighteen percent three point shooter who miraculously on December twenty seventh comes out there and isn't even hitting the rim on all of his attempts and is going seven of eight from three. It was the same exact thing. It was yeah. You you knew that their special teams wasn't going to be a catastrophe against us, and they were they were better than us in all three phases. It sucked. All right, five zero two four one four fourteen fifty the Thornton text line. You've heard from us. We want to hear from you in hour number two. Get those thoughts in before we go to that. Reminding you again, if you have heating or air conditioning problems, uh, you know who knows? It could be ninety degrees in a couple of days. It's Louisville. It's unpredictable. Only one place to go in the city. Call our guys over at AirServe. At AirServe, they have technicians available available for you twenty four seven. If your heat goes out at three a.m., there's only one place to call. It's AirServe at five. 202-264-9662. You can also visit them online at airserve.com slash Louisville, A-I-R-E-S-E-R-V.com slash Louisville. Whether you're too hot, too cold, too dry, or too polluted, they're going to make sure you're comfortable and breathing the highest quality air in your home. 502-264-9662. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Hour number two is on the way. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 The Big X. Seems like a shit. 
the party to get naughty, get my rocks on, eat popcorn, watch you move your body to the pop song that I'm singing, ding-a-ringing, funky beats ringing, everybody swinging in the place as I kick the J-A-Z-Z-Y style, R&B, mixing it with the hip-hop swing beat, champagne in my hand, it won't be long till I'm gone. Second hour of the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. Reacting to the latest loss to Kentucky by the Louisville football team. We talked Friday about how this was the the ultimate opportunity for Scott Satterfield to establish himself as like the man on Floyd Street. To have universal support, take over as the, you know, the spotlight program coach who's having the most success. And not only does he lose to Kentucky and lose that opportunity... He's now staring the ultimate disaster scenario straight in the face. And you know what I'm talking about, Trev. Let's say that you've lost to UK, your arch rival for a third straight time, fourth overall in the series. And then on Saturday, Jeff Brom beats Michigan in the Big Ten championship game. The fact Jeff Brom's in the Big Ten title game. Nothing short of amazing. First first, first time Purdue's ever been there. Purdue, Purdue is going to all new strategies. Do, do they have any faster? No, they got a former walk on at quarterback. I can't believe it took you an hour to get there. Oh, I, did you not see me throw a little hint in there earlier? What'd you say? Oh, I dropped I dropped a little something in there about being seven and five or having a guy take us to the next level, like taking a school to the first time ever. Oh, I didn't catch it. Yeah, I threw it in there a little bit. Don't worry, it was it was it was a, it was a slide in there. I'm surprised it was only hinting. I thought it was good. I, I, the over under was like. I think 15 minutes for you bringing it up for the first time. I mean, listen, I, I, there, there was more time to vent about what I have already and what I had to sit through on Saturday. And I mean, and, and you know, it's funny because I'm watching that game and I flip it over to IU Purdue at like right half time. It's like 7 3 IU. And I'm like, okay. I mean, you know, the, the, the Brom haters who, you know, don't, don't want, don't think it's a good idea to bring him in. You know, maybe, maybe they're going to get proven right. IU could pull off their own the second time. Brom's only lost to him once. And that was to an IU team that won the Big Ten, even though the Big Ten screwed them over. They technically won the Big Ten. And here he is, second half, dominates them. Just, just, just says, no, little brother. That's not, I'm glad you got to play. You got to see your toys on Christmas Day, but I'm the one that's going to take them from you. Being and he did, is fun. And he did that, and that's what he did. Yeah, I mean, I forget what it's like. Short-term memory has enabled me to remember what it's like to win a rivalry game. And I see that, and then I turn over to our game, and we just watch us just, you know, just watching Stoops just, you know, pee in, in our milk and make us drink it. That's what I'm watching. And I'm like, just seriously, this is the this didn't have to be. It didn't have to be this way. The, it didn't have to be. I didn't have to be here right now. I could be right now being the one peeing in their soda. I could be the one giving them wedgies. I'm so tired of drinking pee. I'm so I'm, tired. I'm so sick of it. I'm so tired. I just thought I just want anything to, but urine. I just, want, I'm ready to drink anything. What but does urine. the man have to do to give me a urine-free beverage? That's all I'm asking. The thing that the the, the crappy thing now about the rivalry. The I know it's, it's not apple juice. Stop telling me. We've we've talked for years about UK has always thumped their chest. We lead the all-time series, which I've. I, you can easily dismiss. They won six games between 1912 yeah, and 1924. That should not count. And so you could, you could have said, basically at any point in, in its existence, like from the late 90s on, Louisville has dominated the modern series. You know, as recently as when Bobby was leaving here, we were up 15 to nine. And we beaten them six more times, and they'd beaten us over two and a half decades. And now all of a sudden, it's 15-13, and it's. You're getting to the point where if they win a couple more here, you're talking about it's been level playing field since 1994, which would just 
suck. Like, like you know, that's, Dukes is over five hundred on us now. Yeah, he's gotten he's, he's gone he's gone from I can't beat these guys at all to being I've got a winning record against these guys. It's just it sucks. It, it's any way you slice it. it so I mean, sucks. if you're going to defend this, if you're a little fan, you're you're being Mister Positive. Are you going to say, well, look, 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 that'll be us? The t- the pendulum will swing again. Uh, so what? We had to wait for Stoops to leave, and they hire a dud. The one that doesn't look, doesn't look like it's happening because they gave him another extension. Talking about people kind of excusing the loss because you know, I understand where you're coming from if you say at the end of the day this is just one game. Yeah, but let's that, let's. Well, it's actually three out of four, four let, out of five. Let's be real, like that. It means more here. People talk about this this rivalry game, whether it's basketball or football, 365 days a year. And if you're being honest with yourself, the one argument that I've seen today that I just want to just cast away forever is people saying. You know, wins over NC State and Wake Forest, they matter more because they're ACC games. Oh, God. They would— Conveniently, the ones that we won that you put out. The and... the only way that I would agree with that is if they—you know, if we're winning a conference championship, right? If those wins got us to a point where, you know, we're 10-2 we're and two with a loss to UK, but we're winning an ACC championship and we're going to go play in the Orange Bowl or something— like okay, then I'll buy that argument. But when you're seven and five and you're four and four in the ACC, are you telling me you wouldn't trade a win over, you know, Virginia for Saturday's win over UK? I'll take three and five in the ACC if we're seven and five with a win over UK. And I, I don't think that I'm alone there. And I'm not saying, and, and, I, and I get that the the the, the this part of the Ohio Valley and Louisville is not exactly the hotbed of of high school talent. But if you're getting punked out year by year to your rival, you're not, and we've seen it over the last several years, you're not getting anything that you want really out of this area and talent-wise. And, and, I, and, and yes, I mean, again, you're not, we're not producing, and so a lot of times, you know, Alabama's and Ohio State's will come and take our, maybe our best guys, and we're getting second tier, but the the day when when, a, when another Brom maybe comes around or a Bush is there, you got to be in position for it like we were when it happened. Mm-hmm. And right now, we're not. Right now, we're, I mean, I mean, no disrespect to any, you know, the kid from mail that we got or anybody that makes sense, but we're, I mean, we're, we're fighting for scraps. Look at one of the difference makers from Saturday, JJ Weaver. Exactly, grew up a U of L fan. You don't exactly. get him. You when don't I, get him because of the state of the program. You took the word. You took the next sentence right out of my mouth. That's exactly what I wanted to bring up because that's the guy that you, you know, we are. Com- we might be have him if the shoes on the other foot. Ten years ago, we get that kid. Yeah. And he's playing here, and, and you know, I'm not saying that having one JJ Weaver turns the game on its head on Saturday. No, but, but it certainly would have helped. We could have used him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, real quickly before we go to the text line, did he here, recover a fumble? He did. <laughs> real quickly before we go to the text line at five zero two four one four fourteen fifty, it's transfer portal season officially. the The portal is is swarming. We're keeping our eyes and ears out for not just who's going to leave from Louisville, but who becomes available that we could potentially land, especially at that quarterback position. But we do now. In the uh, the 48 hours that have transpired since the end of the UK game, we've had three Cardinals enter the transfer portal. Trevion Cooley, man, he had that he had that message ready to go. Like he he had that written out. He's ready to hit send the he's second had, that clock at he's zero. Had that written for a year and a half, I think. He's been off the you know he's they took him him and Jalen Mitchell have both been off the U of L online roster for the last few yeah. weeks. So you you knew this was coming. We haven't heard anything from Mitchell yet, but you assume that that's coming. Inevitable. Trevion Cooley, the running back, is in the portal. Uh, we found out today Derek Edwards is in the portal, and then yesterday Caleb Banks, a promising uh, defensive lineman that people were excited about, is also in the portal. That was a little bit of a surprise, but. Yeah, they're going to be more, and yeah. it's, it's not a, a panic button thing. Every program is going to deal with this now, and uh, you know we're certainly not alone. But hopefully, what you we can do is you need to go replace them yeah, in said portal. Get better guys than you lose. That's the goal now. That's the uh, that's the game. I mean, let, let's be honest. This entire off season, 
will be the quarterback portal. Yeah, for Louisville, right? And we've I already mean, seen Jeff Sims from Georgia Tech is in the portal. Be bad. We've got Cade McNamara, who was Michigan's quarterback last year, led him to the playoff. Um, he's he's in the portal. Could I interest you in a miniature personalized Louisville Slugger bat, Cade? <laughs> How would you like to have your own balloon in the balloon glow? Let's not go that far. <laughs> How would you like to see the balloon glow? Well, for 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 Kate, I mean, that, ever that, seen Christmas decorations in a I, mega cavern? I'm sadly, willing to, to, yeah, I'm giving him a balloon for just even Kate McNamara now level. You're niling it up. I'm, yeah. TK, okay. I mean, that's, that's you can make of, that happen. Then go. We for we, it. we 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 have no room to. to, to, to we've got to take what we can get, and, and we we're kind of like the Jaguars having to overpay for Christian Kirk. Just to, to get the guy to come here, we may have to overpay him above market value. Well, yeah. And 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 I'm willing to do that. You ever said Riders Up on national television? <laughs> would you like to? How would you like to be in a Jack Harlow video? We can make that happen. <laughs> yes. For sure. Or at least a Billy's. Well, it depends on the level of quarterback you are. Like, like Brock Doman coming in this year would have been in a Billy's commercial. Kay McNamara, you get to hang out in New Balance with, Kwai Le- with, Kwai Le- with Kwame Leonard or whatever his name is. Kwai would you Le- like to take a picture with the cast from Dracula at Actors Theater next Halloween? <laughs> We can make that happen. I know the guy who's playing. <laughs> was it Hugo? Iago. Whatever his name is. Can we, can we, would you like to be an extra in the next Hunger Games? We can't Some, do that. Somebody give Jennifer They're Morris. done. The series is over. Oh, it is? Yeah, she's out She's out of her obligation. Can we there. reboot? We, we'll, have, <laughs> we'll need something else. Silver Lining Playbook 2. Would you like a shout-out the next? Would you like a shout-out the next Nicole Scherzinger song? <laughs> She's I still thought, making music. I don't. We can make her. We, saw, we can make her write something. I watched her "How I Met Your Mother" episode the other day. It's so great. All right, let's go to the text <laughs> line five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. You guys have thoughts? We'll get to yours. Uh, Texas says, coming in this game, U of L led the nation in beating teams with seven or more wins. U of L's beaten three teams that were ranked when we played them, or or ranked now. After the BC loss, the defense became one of the best in the nation, and we went five and two. We made the CFP rankings for the first time since twenty sixteen. Couple that with recruiting and some players like Jordan and hopefully Hudson coming back in the future is very bright. There's a positive text to start the show. I mean, in fairness, the NC State game really shouldn't count as a ranked team. In the same way that Kentucky claiming us being a ranked opponent should We count. were ranked. I know. I'm just saying it's, it's kind of in the same boat. Like NC State didn't wasn't shouldn't have been ranked. But I mean, it is what it is. We I did see that we are tied. For the most wins over teams that had eight or more wins this season. With Georgia. <laughs> I say put us in the playoffs. If there's any way we could get us right in the playoffs. Same sentence with Georgia. Georgia, Michigan, Cards third, and that fourth spot's up for grabs. TCU. Could be TCU, could be USC, could be Ohio State, could be Bama sneaking in. I think it's to be TCU and we should play TCU because God love us, give us a shot. No, we, yeah, we, we're, the, we're, the, we're the three seed. I don't know if we're beating TCU. We're not playing the four seed. We, we belong right there. Two. Give us Georgia or Michigan. We'll take Cade McNamara. I mean, I know one person that might be able to beat Michigan, but he ain't here yet. We'll find out on Saturday. If he beats, I mean, seriously. <laughs> I mean, the, the, we, the, the, the Bring Brom Twitter guy might expand to like three more employees. If he beats Michigan then took like the Auburn job, I think the city would just catch on fire. Oh It'd be done. Have they not hired Hugh Freeze yet? No, they're not going to. Oh, they realize. I love hearing Hugh Freeze comment. Everybody on the like the the talking heads. He's won. Reverie's gone. I was like, he's also cheated. Reverie's I mean, been. Yeah, it's, he's also been caught cheating everywhere he's gone. The winning isn't the issue. <laughs> yeah, we know how he wins. 
Yeah, he was cheating in, in the movie The Blind Side. It's like when you know, you break up with a girl for assaulting you, and you're like, the looks weren't the issue. Like, she was hot. Like, well, that wasn't the problem. Like, yeah, it's, it's the craziness. Sexer says, uh, uh, uh-oh, Salty Mike is back. Yeah, kind of salty. It was a bad week. What do you want me to say? It was a bad Thanksgiving week. Any way you slice it. Awful. I'm trying to bounce back. Is it safe to say you're thankful that it's over? Yes. Like, this morning, things got back to normal. I, I took Virginia to school. We, our babysitter was over. Like, I had all this time, and I'm like, I, I need this time the last two weeks, and I had none of it. Like, th- there's nothing going on right now. How is the health in the current threat? Is everybody feeling better? Though? Everybody's feeling better. Yeah. Mary's officially tested negative on good. Saturday. She was feeling better before then. Um, Virginia's is feeling good. John's still kind of struggling a little bit, but he's fine. Yeah. My parents is what I'm worried about. They're, uh, they're still struggling a little bit. But I think mom's doing better. Dad's he's, he's okay. They're, they're, they're going to be okay. But Nothing, nothing a week in Glenville won't. Hear. Yeah, just you know, take it easy. Texas says, I really effing hate Sebastian Telfer. He's clearly to blame for all this. If we don't beat Iran tomorrow in soccer, it's Telfair's fault. I must show up at his parole meeting. Like, no, no, I know, Your Honor. This man is not only responsible for the crimes he's committed in front of this court, but he has put Louisville in a tailspin for two and a half decades. Lock him up. Texas voodoo child played long enough on the opening today that Hollywood Hogan made it all the way to the ring. <laughs> it was a rough intro. That's good. At yeah. least it was, you know, last I week. I like that, though. That was funny. When you were gone, Gary always plays the welcome back intro that we played when, when we first started the show. How do you do with the, uh, like, actual, I can't I can't show you, describe to you how, like, step-by-step emailed I would send him the rejoins and outros. I think he was fine with the, the I music. Think, I think yeah. that works. Okay. I, I could feel the TK stamp on the music. But, yeah, when it would start, because it always starts out with the, in five. Four, just like usual, and, you know, and then it's like, "Welcome back," and I'm like, "Well, we are back, I guess." But it's, yeah, I don't know where he found that email with that open. I thought I deleted it. It's still there. It's, it's still there. It doesn't exactly. People are like, "What the hell?" But and then I can't do the "all right, all right" thing because it just ends with, uh, "Man, it's a hot one." And I'm like, "All right." <laughs> I, I do love the song though, the hot one song. The, the the Rob Thomas song is a nice one. Yeah. Texas says, uh, I won't be upset if Satterfield remains the head coach next season, but if the administration is still confident in keeping the 23 recruiting class regardless of who's the head coach, then I think it's time to move on. 7-8 wins seems to be sat ceiling, and his entire tenure, neither side of the ball has any continuity of success at the same time. Offense puts up 40, and we give up 40. Defense gives up 20. We score 20. I think we just know who Sat is, and I'm not content with 7-8 wins as the ceiling for this program. And the question is, That's though, stealing it doesn't mean you can't have a four-win season in there as well. We've already seen that happen. That has happened. Yeah, it was COVID year though. Doesn't count. Yeah. Whatever. Um, the question is, do you think you could retain the recruiting class with any head coach? Because the buzz, the, the rumors, have been for a while there that the administration feels confident that the core of that class was going to come to U of L regardless. And you can read between the lines there and say that that's an NIL deal, right? Like, you had Pierce Clarkson coming out and saying the only thing that could keep him from going to L would be if there's a head coaching change. Other guys, I think, they're good. Like, they, like if, if somebody comes in, they still have their NIL deals in place, they're going to be playing for L. So, if I told you right now definitively, well, you, you're kind of an ally. I think you want, you'd have Satterfield gone regardless. Like, I think you just, is that fair to say? Like, you, you're ready to move on? Yeah, because I know I, I know that we can replace him with Jeff. I think if the if you tell me now if you're gonna tell can me can you still say that though definitely okay that if you were to tell me you can get push this button and Satterfield's gone but you can't get Jeff Brom in here okay that's that, that's the hypothetical that's that's where I'm gonna do, I'm gonna contemplate pushing the button or not I think for most fans 
Like there's there's certainly a, a segment that is as infatuated with Jeff Brom as you are. But for most fans, the bigger deal is the recruiting class. And I think the conversation changes if you say you could fire him today and all these recruits are still going to come. Do you go ahead and make that happen? And I think the – I'm just guessing this is just – there's no way to know this for sure. I feel like it's about 50-50 there. I really do. I mean, I'd be 50-50 because I'm just saying I, I'm, 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 I'm the gung-ho of firing him for Jeff because I feel with Jeff the grass is greener on the other side. I don't know how confident I feel that if you fire if you fire him and you bring in yeah, who yeah who exactly I mean you bring in the offensive coordinator from Wisconsin or something guess what Luke Fickle's gone he's off the board yeah he's going he's going to Wisconsin I know uh, the, 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 what the uh, I think they're talking about Merrill being the Cincinnati job now I've heard his name pop up can there. we can we talk about that for a second yeah I'd love to talk because guess it. what Vince Merrill ain't a candidate for the Cincinnati job oh he's not and his boys. Oh, uh, the all the UK media have the same exact framed message coming out yesterday, like hearing from sources that Vince Merrill will be one of the candidates. Not sure if he's going to get the job, but he'll be on. They're trying to get that race for their boy. Like they, it is a concerted effort, and it's the most thinly veiled thing. As somebody in the media who's been tried, I mean, it's a big leap for me to, from a guy who just two years me? ago was was. was They're not going to hire Vince he, Merrill to be their head coach. He was talking about going to Youngstown State just two years ago, and, and now, it could, he was never going to get that job. Well, I don't know. I think he did interview for it, didn't he? But they weren't going to give it to him. Well, maybe not. He's like a, a lower level assistant at UK. He's a recruiting guy. Like he's not Cincinnati's not going to hand the reins to a program that's been top twenty five good under Luke Fickle. I, to a, thought it was a little bizarre. Not an offensive or defensive coordinator from a, a program that's kind of been on a lower level than them recently. They played the playoff last year, for God's sake. Like Vince Merrill's not going to get their job, but his boys, the guys that who are he's feeding information to, they're going to bat for him. They're trying to get him that check. They're trying to get him that money like they do every offseason. But seeing all those tweets come out at the same time, as somebody who has people have tried to use me in that way before, and then I've seen the exact same message come from other people like an hour after I've had that conversation. It was hilarious to see it come out yesterday. So we can go to the message words now and, and, and definitively say Mike Rutherford stamps it. Vince, Vince Big Dog Merrill has no chance at Cincinnati. He's not, no, absolutely not. No. Unless they whiff on their top 72 choices before Vince The Big Vince Dog Merrill. will not be a Bearcat. He's not barking in UC, at UC. There's no way in hell. Absolutely not. Just hearing. Hearing from sources. Not sure if where he is on the but he will be considered. Shut, please. I mean, they, they did. They are coming up a coach who had been like, like a top assistant at Ohio State and had an interim run at Ohio State. I mean, it's just, uh, an absurd notion. Yeah. Cincinnati's been. I mean, they've done pretty well in their coaching hires over the last decade. Yes, they, they all go to better programs. They all kill it at those those programs. Like they have, they've become the new credo of coaches. They're the new Miami of Ohio, and now they're going to the Big Twelve. Like that's even more of a reason to get in a a, a bigger name. And here we are. Ahead of them in the ACC, but yet just keeping her head above water. I just, and you know how much it irks me to see Cincinnati go ahead of us. You know how much I hate Cincinnati. Where's the keg, though? The keg's still in town. At my house. The keg's still in town. And it's getting tapped. Sexter says, if I was to do your friend wakes up from a six-year coma, and the first thing they ask is, so how's Louisville basketball doing? What do you say? <laughs> you say don't worry about go that. Go back to sleep. You say, don't, <laughs> you say don't worry about that right now. Should have pulled your plug. I'm sorry. <laughs> don't just be thankful for your health. Don't don't worry about it. Why'd you let me stay awake? <laughs> Texas, I'm just numb to it, guys. Basketball and football. I'm to a point where I don't give a bleep anymore. I need some excitement with football. What you see is what you get with that. We have a big enough sample size. It's time to go in a different direction. I think the lack of excitement is 
the biggest thing that people are complaining about right now. The only excitement I have with this basketball team right now is winning on bet against Scoots. Is it still one nothing? I think it is. Did he and me play this weekend? I, it's worth checking out. I haven't. I mean, if it ends one nothing, it's the most hilarious bet of all there's time. No way. We go zero and thirty one. They go one and thirty. Eastern Michigan is one and six. They lost a, a nail, but they were actually favored against UC San Diego, who's terrible, and they lost sixty six to sixty three. EMU, by the way, is not favored to win another game until January third. Their current Ken Palm projections. Ken Palm now has them going eight and twenty three. They are the three hundred seventeenth ranked team in America. Uh, Louisville, Ken Palm currently has them going eight and twenty-three. Oh my God, this this bet couldn't be any hotter. It's gonna come down the wire. It's gonna it may be five-four. It may be a race to six. I almost wish we played them at the end of the season. <laughs> to decide what well, if they both got invited to the CIT? Winner, yeah, the winner take it first round. He would be they're both tied at like 12 wins or six it's wins. the or worst whatever. bet of all time. It really <laughs> it truly is. It's the funniest bet of all time. Uh, Texture says, um, Texture says, I'm with TK in this one. The score in the UK game was respectable, but I feel like UK was in control the entire game. I never felt like we could or would win. Our team is built for the ACC except Clemson, so any competitive SEC team will likely push us around. I, I mean, we scored the touchdown to the I mean, other than that, it was 26-37. to 37. Yeah, I mean, I, they definitely—I I never said that they didn't control the entire game. I did feel some semblance, like a jolt of confidence going to the half because I was like, you know, we, we looked good right. at the end of the first half, the offense, was, and I knew we were getting the ball back. I think UK kind of felt like they'd blown their opportunities. We held them to three a couple of times mm-hmm. when they probably should have gotten six. They had a couple of uh, drives stalled by well, the, the bad bumble, turnovers. The fumble recovery holding them to negative five yards was huge, and getting the field goal was big. Yeah, and then I was about to I was about to lose my damn mind when we pushed the kick and let him catch it at the forty because I was like, <laughs> okay, we've got momentum. There's 26 seconds left. Just don't do anything stupid. Kick it deep. Hold him, and people are like, "Well, you can't kick it to Barry Brown." I'm like Brock Havelstead's been kicking the ball to the end zone the whole damn year. What are we doing? Um, and then they they go deep on the first play. I was about to die, and then I also thought it was dumb of Stoops to not. He took his foot off the gas. They have the one negative play, and he's like, "Yeah, let's just run the clock down." I was like, "Jeez, dude, okay." But well, he knew we not complaining. Going, he knew we weren't going. He was right. Ball. He was right in the end. Again, sure. this was it was water boy all over. He's just taking a knee because our offense can't do squat. He was right. God, they they were not intimidated by Brock Doman. No, you could tell they were they were like, all right, this dude's not beating us, and he he could not. He was not ready for the moment. Texas, if we give Satterfield another year, Brom is likely somewhere else, and the door closes for good. I just don't want to do that. I, I mean, I think that there are schools that are actively pursuing Jeff Brom. I'm right sure now. there are. Yeah, they should be. Why wouldn't they? And I mean, I, I also think Jeff is kind of ready to leave. Like he's, I feel like he's done as much as he can with that program. Which I, is probably he, right. Taking them to a point where they've never been before. Yeah, especially with, you know, they've dealt with a lot of injuries and all that stuff. Like he's, he'll be a commodity for sure. And yeah, coach that gets more out of the talent than he has on, on paper. Yeah. Wow, bizarre. He does. I, I don't know how, I, I can't tell you how that felt in the last four or five years. Texas, my biggest concern with Sat for a long time has been his quarterback recruiting, and that's what killed us on Saturday. I do want to see Sat uh, coach without Malik right now because I'm not sure who's more responsible for the mediocrity of the past four years. What recruiting? He, he hasn't recruited a quarterback until next year. He's been here four years. And he's never. He hasn't, well, that's what he's saying. Yeah, he hasn't brought in a quarterback at all. We went after a couple guys in the transfer portal last year. We swung and missed. Um, we ended up. I mean, Brock Doman. You got to remember, Brock Doman was a. He had no other D1 offers, no yeah. other FBS offers. He had very minimal numbers at Independence Community College. Uh, we brought him in, and he just kind of seemed like a guy that you had to add to the depth chart. We still don't know what's going on with Caleb Johnson, 
who we technically did sign as a quarterback, and we have—I mean, I guess he's alive. I mean, we—I don't, I don't know what's going on there. I mean, the positive is we thought the same thing about Jawar Jordan last year, and we didn't know. At least he, he played at the end of the year. <laughs> it wasn't until what game was it? He came in and had the one run. It was, it was it against Duke? Syracuse? I think no, it was Duke. It was Duke game. He had the, I think the run. Well, he, had, he played against Syracuse. Oh, did he? Because we were blowing him out. And they were like, hey, he's back in against this okay. old team. That's why he's running hard. And then he played well against Duke the next week. And Brock came in Duke, and that was the first time we were like, they do exist. He does exist. Yeah. They do exist. <laughs> Man, maybe Caleb Johnson. Maybe we're saying the same thing, and he's going to play a big role next year. But I, I don't know what's going on there. That seems strange. And now we've got Pierce Clarkson, who, by the way, we should mention, he and the St. John Bosco boys, they avenged their only loss yep. this season, took out Matter Day on Friday night to win the uh, CIF uh, state title there. Props to them. Pierce played well. It looked like DeAndre Moore had a huge touchdown run, uh, two well, catch Pierce, and run. Pierce only played the first half in their first meeting. Yeah, because he got knocked he got out. Hurt. He got hurt in the first quarter of that game or second quarter. No, he didn't play the second half. So, so props to them again. Come, come here, guys. Just, just, just make sure you come here. Keep coming. Come on, we love you. I mean, at least we know he's got at least got one thing that that we've been lacking for last year's quarterback a clutch gene. He does. I mean, that that's at least one thing. Texas nationally were not perceived as a program that's resigned to mediocrity, especially not in coaching circles. Stephen Godfrey, Godfrey brings it up all the time that Louisville's a program a lot of coaches have their eye on because of the infrastructure we have to be successful. We do. I mean, there are, are plenty of reasons to say that this program should never be completely mediocre. Like, we're not, and we're not asking to be Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State. But, again, it's a program that has proven multiple times, not just flash-in-the-pan seasons, that they can be – very, very good, like top 10 good, top 15 good. And when you've got the advantages that we have and you're seeing some of that play out right now with NIL and you've got a big city without a pro team, like, there are plenty of reasons to believe that we should be you know, the second, third, fourth, fifth best team in the ACC every damn year, and that's not what we've been since joining the conference. It, it, it just hasn't been. And maybe Satterfield can get us there. He's had four years to make it happen. hasn't happened yet. Again, it's an experiment. We're going to find out the answer to this in, in the coming years. It's not, it certainly sounds like. I mean, I know they got their 1980 national championship, but Clemson, for the most part, was a 7-8 win hovering team for 20 years until Dabo got there and, and turned that corner. God, what I, what I, does it take having to like, get Dabo here? I mean, it, just, it takes having a coach that can get want, you over that hump. Satterfield's supposed to be Dabo, right? Uh, that's, yeah, that's, that's the thing. I mean, kind of. He's, he's been more like Tommy Bowden, but... <sighs> I mean, that's a that's what he's kind of been. I mean, that's what they were. They were, you know, a team that maybe pull out a nine win every every six years or so, but they were mostly a seven eight win team. You know, never 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 horrible, but never great. Never one that's really you know a threat when it's all said done, except for yeah, again they had that one Cinderella run in eighty in nineteen eighty. But I mean, that's 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 all you need is that one coach. I don't know a coach that can maybe take a team to its first ever championship conference championship. <laughs> Texas basketball is 356th out of 363 teams in offensive rating. I can't worry about football's mediocrity when basketball is an affront to common decency. It is kind of like having a sibling who's in jail where you're like, you know. Our oh, football team's offense is much better. So you're mad that I got a C-minus in history? Tommy killed a guy. He's in jail. It could be worse. That's what. That's the best thing that Satterfield is going for him right now is the well, basketball team is the it, worst we've ever seen. Was it self-defense or did Tommy, was it, what did Tommy do? What was <laughs> Straight murder, random killing. <laughs> Doesn't sound like my Tommy. You should be happy I'm just going to school and not killing people. Could be way worse. Yeah, my grades have plummeted a little bit. Yeah, I picked up a little bit of a weed addiction, but I'm not in jail. I got a team minus in algebra and you're complaining about me? I'm not putting this family on national news. 
I should calm down a little bit, get off my case. That's Satterfield right now. Could be worse. It's like the Dahmer brother. Look around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who, by the way, had changed his name. Timmy Dahmer's like, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm good. Don't worry. Worst, my worst habit is I bite my nails. <laughs> I'm leasing a Camry. I'm doing fine. Could be way worse. <laughs> good, let's go to break. Leasing a, leasing a camera. I'm doing pretty damn well for myself. Eating people. More text from you coming up after the break on the Thornton Sex Lines. The Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 961.0 Back in Monday edition of the Rutherford Show here on 1450 Big X. Quick update: I, I said I thought that Auburn had moved on in its coaching search. They now have officially, just now, broken uh, news: Hugh Freeze is going to be the next coach at Auburn. So it's kind of fitting, right? Could not be more I mean, fitting. There's, I mean, the only other job that'd been more perfect for him is if like Hypo just like screwed up at Tennessee and they hired him. I, I mean, and I, <laughs> it's the only job that'd be me. I love. We mentioned we were talking about like the the UK thing where you've got media members who very clearly are going to bat for their source with the football program to try and and get him a raise. You now have ESPN people who are very close to Jimmy Sexton, who's the I think the agent for like 95% of coaches in college football, who are out there putting out tweets like, yeah, he may have intimidated victims of sexual assault. Yeah, he may have used prostitutes and, and you know shady parlors during his time at Ole Miss. But the man beat Nick Saban twice. He checks a lot of boxes for us. Like, you don't have to do this. Where's, where's Dan Mullen's call back to the SEC? Didn't he beat Saban once? What are you doing? Like, like yeah, he, So, uh, Hugh Freeze, again, just proof that cancel culture doesn't really exist. Nobody's ever actually canceled. No, well, no. He's that, fine. Is, the thing is, he's is, doing well for himself. What's overpowered by cancel culture is the short-term memory of cancel culture. Yeah, I mean, you never really you're, you're canceled for like three days. You're, yeah, and then you're moved on to something else that's appalling. He wasn't even ever really canceled. He just had to take a slightly lesser paying, very high paying job to coach college football, and now he's back in the SEC. Maybe it should be called suspended culture. Maybe it should. Yeah, <laughs> in, oh, indefinite suspension. My, One of those Coach K indefinite suspensions. My top three trending right now: Hugh Freeze, Ronaldo. And Cocaine Bear. Cocaine Bear, they're making a movie. What is the, Cocaine Bear? You've never heard of the Cocaine Bear? No. It's a Kentucky thing. Oh, is it? There was a plane that was carrying... And people Why probably, do I not know this? You should know about the story of Cocaine Bear. I, these are very... I'm doing this from memory, so maybe somebody has finer details that I'm leaving out. Okay. But there was a, a plane carrying a bunch of cocaine into America from, I think, Columbia. Somewhere, yeah. And it crashed into like the in, in the mountains of Kentucky. And this bear came upon all this cocaine and like ate like 500 pounds of cocaine 
and went nuts and died. And they found him all like cocaineed out and they got him stuffed. And he's like at a museum at this place in Kentucky with like his bulging eyes and like very coked I'm out bear. Seeing a thing is, yeah. is 1985. I have no idea of this. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a big story. In 1985, a black bear found and ate 15 million. How do they know it's 15 million? How many do they know cocaine he's really ate though? But anyway, autopsy. Uh, well, I guess you got point. Get that cocaine out of there. <laughs> That your system within four, not, not that uncut Colombian. Uh, there was probably about five minute window where he died, where he was probably the most dangerous apex predator <laughs> on any bleeping continent. What a way to go out! <laughs> I don't know what the movie's about because like, you know you can't. I don't know how you can make, I mean, stretch, how is this I don't know how you stretch that into two hours, but I'm excited about this it. It's gonna be like the guys looking for their coke and then running into the bear. <laughs> like <laughs> Hugh Freeze is known in some other circles as the cocaine bear, so maybe it all works out. How do I have I never heard of this? Well, you should. They have like cocaine bear, like Christmas ornaments and stuff. There's a whole museum I, about this. Them. Is I was completely. It's Kentucky lore. Is this my blind spot? It, it, it's kind of a blind spot. Is yeah. this one of my blind spots? I I didn't know about it until like I want to say like seven eight years ago, and the internet made me very aware of it. Um, but it's it's been out there for a while now. Especially with the fact that it's like a Kentucky thing, I feel yeah. like this is a big blind spot for me. Yeah, you, I mean, and you know, you should know about cocaine and bears combined. It's right up your alley. I mean, that's the thing. I was like. Cocaine? Bear? I mean, this sounds like a perfect... Is it a string of cocaine? You could have made this movie. Is it a string of bears? (laughs) I'm like, I'm good either way. I'm like curious which way we're going with this. Oh, man. Um, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton sex line. Cool nickname for a sports team. Kidding me? Absolutely. The Campbell's Bill... The Campbell Bills Cocaine cocaine Bears. bears. You know, Camels, whatever. Like Somebody step up and be the Cocaine Bears. I mean, the mascot alone would be great. It'd be, it'd be like the Jacksonville mascot last night wore nothing but a thong. Did you, did you see that? <laughs> no, I did not the see Jags that. mascot was was completely nude except for a thong yesterday during their game. I, I did see it that. Now that you say so that, I didn't know what was going on. I thought it was like a Photoshop it, that I saw on my thong. Look, he looked like, like a shaved dog with no hair. It was really weird looking. And he's dancing in a, in a thong. How Justin Tucker hit three out of four field goals is beyond me. Should, yeah. yeah. I bl- in fact, well, I blame The only one he missed was 67 yards. I blame it on the thonged mascot. He would have gotten it there. <laughs> uh, real quickly, before we go back to the text line, some interesting news. I think we all sort of assumed with the, Ace, with, with the ESPN Big Ten deal splitting up after the end of this year, we all kind of assumed that this was probably going to be the last ACC Big Ten challenge. Cards, of course, play in Maryland tomorrow night, who now is nationally ranked. We're playing it. It's a nationally ranked game. Whoopee. Can't wait for that. They're ranked, I assume. Yeah, not us. <laughs> I think we're just getting votes. Not much gets, <laughs> getting, not much gets past me. Getting a few votes. Uh, not, But not not quite in the top 25 just yet. I think the cocaine bear has more votes than we do. But this will be the last Big Ten ACC challenge. It's going after 23 years. It will be kaput after this year, after this week. But 23 years. it's being replaced starting next year oh, with wow. the ACC-SEC challenge. Okay. The SEC Big 12 Challenge, which has happened for the last 10 years, is now also going to be canceled after this year. We're getting the ACC-SEC Challenge, which like the Big Ten has been a better basketball conference historically than the SEC, and I think right now it is still a better basketball conference than the SEC. But it's kind of cool for us, this program that we have this ultimate rivalry with Kentucky. We do, do, we do the, the conference debate thing with them, and it's going to make this, this series mean a little bit more to us, I think. I think this series should be like rotated every five years. Like SEC, ACC play for five years while the you know Big Ten and, and Big Twelve maybe play. And well, the thing is, it's TV contracts. They would do it if they still had a contract. I, I but but the Big Ten's going. It would to be kind of cool to do that though. Like, yeah, you know, for sure. For five years, you know, you rotate between five different SEC. You know, and then after five years, you go, you know, different. You know, Big Twelve. You know. Draw your opponent out of a hat. <laughs> even that. Even that. Yeah. Oh my God, we got the Miak. 
<laughs> not going to be fun. Now, in this in this robbery, would it, would you be okay with a second Kentucky game added? They they'll never do that. No, they won't. Well, but I don't know. Would I mean? Could they would playing they? them twice in like a month would be interesting? Could they? Would, could they do it? No, nah, they they would have a thing where it would it wouldn't interfere with the regular scheduled game. But I mean, we'll play. It's not. We've played some cool teams from the Big Ten. But even if you don't get, I can't believe it's been twenty three years. Twenty three years, crazy. Uh, ACC still leads all time. I think it's the the, the count is like. 11 to 8 with three ties. Uh, maybe the overall games, too. But recently, Big Ten has kind of dominated the thing. But, you know, when you think about the, the second-tier programs in the the SEC, still have the opportunity for some good games. Alabama, Auburn, Tennessee, um, you know, some, some good programs there that are having success right now. would be fun. Of course, we're going to have to like get ourselves back if we don't want to – if we want to avoid playing like Ole Miss and Vandy, we're going to have to start getting good because we're – right now – we're not getting the Alabama Auburn games. Like those are going to Duke, Carolina, and, and the, the teams are good. We're getting hell if we're even in the thing. We might be the team left out. We're getting like I don't know Georgia. No, we're getting beat by Stackhouse and Vandy. God, don't. But right now, yeah, we, we're we're bad. In case people don't forget, he is still there, right? He is. Okay, still there. Got he's a contract a, extension. Easily forgettable. Uh, text line five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. Back to you guys now. Uh, which uh, every time we read two texts, we get like seventeen more. So it's going to be one of those shows. But we'll, we'll try to get to as many as we can. Text us to me. The most glaring issue that we've had all season is the lack of a downfield threat or receivers that can beat press coverage. You said it best when you said we don't have any difference makers. Hopefully, all these recruits really are as committed as they say they are. Some receivers that can get open and Ruben Owens will make all the difference in the world. Yeah, if, here's the problem with that. Okay, is we've had downfield threats and we still haven't had quarterbacks to get it to them. Well, I mean, Tutu Atwell had a huge like record-breaking season, and that was with Malik. That was. Like, and, and Malik's never kind of been the same since no. that year. And I think that's what you say. is Was Malik just that bad after that year, or did he just not have a Tutu Atwell anymore to make big plays for him? Um, I think we thought it was going to be Tyler Harrell, and then he goes to Alabama where he had two catches this year, um, but still got the NIL bag. I'm sure he's doing fine. We thought Jordan Watkins was going to be kind of our Tyler Hudson. We were, I think we replaced Jordan Watkins well enough with a guy who can do what he did in Hudson – but we did not go out and get the game breaker threat. We thought maybe it would be Amari Huggins Bruce. He didn't really step up that way. And we just we never had that consistent guy who could took could could turn one, like a, a design deep play into a successful deep play, or a guy who could take a quick slant and, and make it a seventy yard touch. More importantly, make a defense not have to put eight guys and nine guys in For the sure. Box. And that's something we have. I mean, even in, in Tutu's second year, which I know was cut short with injuries the COVID year, mm-hmm. I mean, we still that was just a. I mean, Cunningham had a bad season. He was bad. He, he looked. He did not look good that year. He didn't. And I mean, so we kind of. I don't want to say wasted, it, but a little bit. I mean, and, and then the whole season went the way it did. But I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, with that, and without that guy to take over the top, Satterfield's offense goes from being effective to being what you saw on Saturday. Yeah, easily predictable. He's, yeah, because that's what it is. And overly relied on the run game. I and mean, it, we're down. He always over relies on the run game. It just needs a, an over the top guy. To make you be honest about it. I mean, think about it. Like, we're down 26 to 7 in the fourth quarter with 10 minutes to go, and we're running like first and 10 draws, like second and seven draws. And I'm sitting there watching this, and I'm kind of thinking, like, yeah, this is probably our best shot to get back in the game yeah. is like breaking a big run because we sure as hell ain't going to do it through the passing game. And, you know, granted, Brock did make a, a nice throw to Hudson to get that touchdown, but you knew at that point it was like there was no way we were going to come back. And think about that. If you had had. I'd already gone to the other. I'd already gone, I was in the kitchen, I think, when that play happened. That's where my, my mindset was. At virtually any other point in this rivalry's history, with Louisville having dynamic offenses and dynamic quarterbacks, and you're down by you know, two scores or two and a half scores, you're down by like 17 with almost a full quarter to play, 
you're thinking we still kind of have a shot, right? You're, we, a couple quick scores, get the ball back. Like we can, we are a quick strike offense. It's what we've been historically. Last you know, Saturday, down being down twenty six to seven, with a quarter and a half, I'm thinking we could play eight full quarters. There's no way we're scoring thirty points. Like we just, when we fell behind and you knew it was going to be a slugfest, you knew it was over. It felt like the NC State game where they're behind by a couple scores, but you feel like you're up by five because there's no way in hell they're gonna, like, their offense can't do anything against them. Let me tell you a little story about, about, a, about a little beaver who okay. was down 21 points in the fourth quarter against a big, bad Oregon team. Oh, yeah. That, and, and, you're ahead now. And came back and won the game. Yeah. Yeah. It can happen. It is possible. Texture says, Mike, with a competent quarterback and a wide receiver pickup in the portal, the way the schedule sets up next year, an eight or nine season win, uh, eight or nine win season is certainly achievable in 2023. Somebody's been hanging out with the cocaine bear. I mean, you're going to have to. You're ignoring everybody that we lose on defense. Like that's just every, literally everybody. Well, the defensive line stays stays for the most part, which has been one of the big strengths. The linebackers are all gone. That's you're going to have to replace. Smart. I mean, you're going to have to replace Yusuf Abdullah, who might be the best player in the ACC. Yeah. You're going to have to replace Momo Sonogo, who stepped up as like your defensive leader. You're going to have to replace. I mean, the secondary is also going to be hit. You're going to lose Clark. You're going to lose uh, Griffin. You're, you're going to lose Duncan. You're going to lose a lot of these guys that played a big role for the, in the secondary being better. I mean, it's you're losing a lot defensively. I did enjoy. <laughs> I guess enjoy because you got to laugh. If you don't laugh, you cry. Some of the like some of the things I came across on Twitter with Louisville fans like depending, we're getting Jermaine Lowell back. God, this again? I feel like I had this. I'm hearing the same thing I heard going into this year about adding him. Well, he's supposed to be staying. Yeah. Which we, I mean, that's no small thing. Assuming that he can get back to being fully no healthy. Intended, yeah, I mean, it's, it should be like that. Should be a big deal if he if he does stick around for another year. I mean, he should be. He didn't play this year. Like we, no, he we, played one snap, right? He played like the three plays in the, in the opener and then got hurt and was out for the year. Yeah. So we'll see what happens there. But he would be a guy that you assume would help you on the defensive line to replace some of the guys that you're losing. Um, I mean. Destel will be back, which helps. He had a, a really strong year, but you're losing, you're losing a lot on a defense that was pretty damn good. Keyword key there's you assume. You know what happens when you assume? What do you mean? What am I assuming? You said you assume he's going to be a key player next year. What happens when you assume things? Oh, I mean, Destel was was great this year. Like, no, I'm talking about Lola. I'm not talking about. Oh yeah, Lola. You know, yeah, Lola, whatever. Here's hoping. Texas says, uh, "I wish I could trust the staff to be here and have." Um, I don't know what this is. I can't. I don't know what they're trying to say here. Uh, haven't really seen much player development, especially at quarterback. Yeah, I mean that's it's certainly a concern. We've had a lot of guys. The quarterback play has not improved. A, I think in we've four seen years. some in the on the O line and the running back position and defense this year. I mean you can't just gloss. I know you hate Brian Brown, but the defense has been must because Scott Scott Scott's D is what turned it around. Well, whether it was Scott or Brian Brown, the defensive improvement was marked this was marked this year. Wow, and that's something you, you can't just gloss over that. No, I mean, I guess, you know, if you have the same guys together for four years, they're bound to come together at one point. Texas, Trev, please pump the brakes on the John L. comparisons. John L. inherited a one-win team and went 41-21 and with five straight bowl appearances, two consecutive conference titles, and he beat Kentucky three times in a row. The Satterfield comparison is Cragthorpe and Cragthorpe only. No. Well, first of all, Cooper beat Kentucky. Twice. Winning <laughs> yeah. record. I mean, that's just – I mean, that's just – No, John, I love John L. I told you, because I think before I said that, I knew people were going to be like, the nostalgic was going to come out and – Yes, I understand he had the 11-win season. He's also, what, 1-4 in four in bowl games? And he, I think he was, and other than the 1-11-year season, when he's like 7-5, and five, I think, the other three years. Well, I don't think he – he didn't have an 11-win season here. Yeah, he did. He was the year we won – the only bowl game year we won, the uh, the Liberty Bowl year, 0-1. We 
We went 11. Do we win 11 games that yeah, year? Yeah, we went 11 and 2. I knew we won the conference. Yeah, that was like the, the best year we had, and then we went back to 7 and 5 the next okay. year. Okay. I mean, he was 7 and 5, I think, all other year, other than that one 11. When you, and I'm, I'm bad. Listen, he took over a bad team. I get it. And he, he got, went nine and three the year before. Oh, the did he? Okay, season. I apologize. We went to, was, we went to the Liberty Bowl because again we had we uh, we yeah, had the Liberty right, Bowl, this, and yeah. then who could forget the sequel, rolling to the Liberty yeah. Bowl, which is when we brought it home. When we beat BYU the year before, we lost to Cecil the Diesel Sap and right. and, and, and uh, Colorado State. Yeah, six and one both those years in CUSA. And so and but and yes, he took he we it was he took over and rebuilt a, ba- a program that had gone down. I just felt like he was he was that guy to get us up there, but he wasn't the guy that was going to take us that next level. And that's where I kind of see sat with us. Like he's, he's got us to where we're, you know, head above water a little bit. Maybe we're not drowning, so to speak, but we're just not, we're not going to, we're not going to get up out of the water and get up on the land. And we need to, and that's what Petrino did for John L and taking that next level. It's what I was hoping. Maybe, I don't know. Got a great example of a guy that could do it. They could come in here and do it and take us that next level. He's done it for one school already. He's done it for two schools. Technically. I'm with, I'm with the texture. I think your John L. comparison falls a little flat. He Man. never had a losing season, and he also went nine and three and eleven and two in back to back years. He also got Chris Redman at quarterback too. He never finished worse than third in conference. No, but he also we went one and four in bowls and was in three of his five years he went seven and five. Yeah, but we, we Satterfield's had two losing seasons. No, yeah. well, <laughs> yeah. oh, we won three games and then we lost went six and seven the year after. Well, take, let's keep in comparison to the conferences playing in as well as everything. Else. I yeah, still, I'm just saying. Uh, I'll take the two conference championships. Texas, what can swing the rivalry back in our favor? A dude who can coach and has intensity, and he's coaching in the Big Ten championship game this weekend. I'm surprised. Maybe we just haven't got asking for. Maybe we just haven't gotten to them yet. I was, I've been surprised by the lack of Brom talk on the text line. Maybe we're just getting there. Oh, we should be getting there. We We've got three thousand unread texts. We here. should. We should be there already. Thanks, Vince. Oh, we got Boise guy texting today. What company is he ruining right now? Are you ready for Boise guy? Not really, but go on. He sent this in three times already. Who's Boise's coach? I'd probably take him right now, maybe. Who cares? Texas Louisville will not be one of the top 12 teams in the country. <laughs> the ACC is the weakest Power 5 conference. Kentucky football has better athletes than Louisville. Bigger, better, faster. Just like Boise State football has. <laughs> I love Boise well, guy. the fact he knows we're not going to finish the top 12. Who says public education in, in Boise, Idaho is below par? <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> Nobody. Seriously, did Trevor just ask if on paper UK talent is even better than UofL's? I'd like some of what he's smoking in my stocking this Christmas. This year's UK team? I don't think they're that much more better. Not the way the game went. They're on paper, are they that much better than Louisville? I don't think so. They lost to Vandy, for God's sake. Thank you. Like, you know, are they better than us? Yes. I think that, that showed itself. But should they be, like, should it just been a, a no-brainer that they are going to dominate us? No. Like, yeah, anybody who loses to Vandy, you're suspect. I'm sorry. Amen. <laughs> Texas says, and this will have to be the last one. I got to get out of here. Firstly, I love this team. Kudos to these guys for turning around what we thought was going to be a really rough season. That being said, my issue is that this staff, specifically Sat, just doesn't seem to have the passion for the school. If he wouldn't run through a wall for this job, then what are we supposed to expect year in and year out from the players and the fan base? All shucks, y'all. You know who will run through a wall? Same guy will slam that chair. Hugh Freeze. <laughs> Deion Sanders. You freeze only runs through walls when the when the NCAA's <laughs> chasing him. <laughs> I I mean I, I saw Dion in a new commercial with his kid. Have you seen that commercial with the no. yogurt? Did he get off the job by Colorado? Did he really? Yeah. Kids for Colorado. Dang, he's not gonna take that. I think Dion is, would prefer to be Jackson. If he's making a move to the FBS level, I don't think he's going to Colorado. But I, I'm with you. 
Smart move by Colorado. I mean, if Colorado showed us anything, they will put aside all ethics and, and, and rules to, to, to win. Now, what do you think about I've the text? Done it before. Because the text, and this, I'm prefacing my comments by saying that this feels totally unfair because I could just be completely wrong about it. It could just be an outsider's perspective that that is not actually indicative of what's happening. But I kind of agree with the texture. From the outside, it feels like there's not this really deep connection, this deep-seated love between Louisville and Satterfield. Like, I don't feel like Satterfield has fallen in love with this place the way that we've seen some other coaches do when they get, like, John L. is still in town here and loves the place like he would have killed for it. I mean, even, you know, we had Howard Schnellberger on the show five, six years ago, and he said the biggest mistake that he ever had in his life was was leaving Louisville. He said these people, he he also made a, incredible analogy on air about taking the city of Louisville took me and pressed them to, uh, pressed me to their bosom and fed me like I was their their child and I was like just keep going Howard this I need to hear more about this but like a lot of people have that Denny Crum was had ne- California born and bred came here never left I can't imagine Satterfield being that type of guy maybe that changes with with time maybe he eventually falls in love with the place but it doesn't seem like he is it seems like a bad fit culturally, and it always has. I mean, the fact his family didn't even move out until like year two or whatever. His kids came out here initially, didn't like it. Yeah, I mean, they looked. At I this mean, that, that should have been like kind of a sign right off the bat. Like, I don't, we don't need Bill Inguire to like say here's your sign. But there they looked miserable at that introductory press conference. And I know that they're kids, and you, you no teenager wants to move in the middle of exactly. high school. But they couldn't even fake it. Like they were up there. They looked like this was the worst thing that's ever happened to them in their lives. And I. Again, we're reading into this from afar, but it definitely feels like there's always been there's, it's just there's never been this natural clicking. And maybe that's part of the reason why this fan base has hesitated to fully embrace Satterfield and what he brings to the table. But it's definitely something that's out there. I agree. All right. We got to go to break. Thanks, just any shot you can take. <laughs> he makes it so easy. He's not even. He's not the AD. We're coming up on the one year anniversary of the the crazy Vince Bendapudi saga. And I'm saga. still being haunted by this man. <laughs> I'm still being tormented. <laughs> it's a year later. We got one hour left here. We got more thoughts here on football. Uh, we'll we'll avoid basketball for today as much as we can unless it comes up. But we want to hear we from you on the Thornton sex. Yeah, we got a game tomorrow. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty is the Thornton sex line. <laughs> Uh, Kenny Payne did talk today. We can mention those comments. Speaking of Maryland, bit. I just got to text uh, my boy Renshaw's in town. I might go see him today. There you go. All right, that's a good thing. I, I better get it now before his therapist just completely destroys You don't want to see him after tomorrow night. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to see that. All right, 5 o'clock hours on the way next. Keep it locked right here on 1450 The Big X. Welcome in 5 o'clock hour here of the Monday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 and 961 The Big X. If you're just joining us, just hopping into your car after work, look, you know what you've been talking about. 
what we've been talking about for the last two hours. Cocaine bear. What does USA need to do to take down Iran tomorrow and advance to the knockout stages of the World Cup? Uh, Trevor's been talking about his formation tips, who he would uh, have subbing in yeah. if he was Greg Berhalter. Uh, we've been hearing about that and cocaine bear for the last two hours. Yeah, I'm more of a, I'm more of a uh, a a four four two four four two guy four four two kind of format guy. Unconventional. Yeah, I mean. Uh, Maybe spread the midfielders up a little high. Some attacking midfielders. Yeah, I like attacking midfielders. I like my defenders to even be a little little farther up the field yeah. than normal. He wants all ten aggressive. players. Yeah, all ten players to be a threat to score at all times. I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm like the the, the little Marymount of, of soccer over here. Early '90s Colombian mentality. Yeah, that's who Trevor yeah. is. That's what he. That's what he's all about. Well, that, that brings back to cocaine. <laughs> and that's how we got to cocaine. Bear. And that's how we got to cocaine. Bear. <laughs> but no, we, we in reality we have been unfortunately discussing one the Thanksgiving disaster that was um, my personal Thanksgiving week and and also the U of L sports Thanksgiving week, but in particular. Saturday's game against Kentucky, which if you're just uh, if you're just joining us, if you've been, you know, not playing spoiler, you wanted to find out firsthand on the Rutherford Show what happened. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> I, I tell you, cards got beat, twenty six thirteen, wasn't great. Yeah, uh, you know, it's funny you mention that because like you, you talked about like that last week and everything we had going on with games Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, basketball wise. Yes, like because I was I was out and about and I couldn't like I didn't want to like I want to be able to sit down and, and, and like watch a game, good or bad. So I avoided watching the U of L game on Monday and Tuesday, like until I got back, like late Wednesday. I, I got back like not long before, like the, around the time the, the Cincinnati game tipped is when I got back in town, and like I saw, I literally watched three U of L games in a row on Wednesday night because I just I didn't, I didn't want to spoils and I didn't want to the worst trilogy oh, you, in the history you have no idea of American pop culture. The, the worst part was though is it kind of what did spoil for me. Is when I went to the ESPN app, and oh god, don't get me started on the ESPN app trying to watch these games, watching us play like watching us play poorly and dealing with their their issues. I mean, ESPN's apps it's like a, it's as effective as a blind man driving a cab. It just it's just so worthless. And I go on there and I'm like, the first time I'm like, oh Arkansas, right below it he goes consolation game. And so I'm like, well, I guess I know we didn't win this game. Not did that you, I needed. Did you have hope before then? <laughs> no, I mean a little bit. It's just. You wouldn't have found out if we'd beaten Arkansas? Just a glance of hope. (laughs) So, yeah, breaking news. Maui went poorly for the cards, unfortunately. Texas Tech was worse. Uh, that Texas Tech well, yeah, game was, was the historically bat- worse. Yeah, because it was it was basically what UK did just doing football. They mentally punked us out from the beginning, and we were never the same. And we don't really need to be mentally punked out. We do enough of that to ourselves. <laughs> uh, Kenny Payne did have a press conference today, which I said yeah. I was going to avoid talking about. And you just led me right into it. You're welcome. Because uh, the Cards play another nasty ranked team on Tuesday. Did you say nasty. Nationally ranked. I think team. you said nasty. Nash. Well, <laughs> they are nasty. They're good. Kevin Willard, uh, a guy who. You- People scoffed at becoming the next Louisville coach. Off to a great start at Maryland. Has them undefeated at 6-0 and ranked in the top 25 um, after their disastrous season. They had the same season that we had last year. This, yeah. is, this is what sucks about this game. Well, really, because we have the guy that coached them last year. We also beat them last year. You might forget, it's been so long, but we both lost our head coaches in the middle of the season, unexpectedly, after very subpar starts relative to our own standards. We had interim coaches come in. And play out the rest of the year. We did beat them in the the Bahamas. Yep. We have Mike McGee's coach the rest of our season. Danny Manning coached the rest of our season. We make head coaching hires during the offseason. They are six and zero and ranked in the top twenty five. We are zero and six and losing at historical rates. So early returns not great for us. Pretty damn good for Maryland. Um, Why am I laughing? Oh, because I'm out of tears. Patino coaching tree, Calipari coaching tree. I've been saying it for months, but again, 
This is why I didn't want to talk about basketball. This is why you, you, I'm already in a salty mood today. I was trying to keep the saltiness towards football, but now you, you got me all here. Um, Volleyball. Kenny, yeah. Kenny Payne says that he – the only notable thing that I thought came from his press conference today was there were two things. One, he is worried about the team getting discouraged by not seeing results. Um, he said they're still working hard. Then he got asked specifically about Sidney Curry and said once again he's got to get in shape. I mean, not 100% wrong. What is it? What's that? Are you telling him to run the treadmill and he's just saying no? And you're like, okay. <laughs> how is he not in shape? All we heard was about how much this team conditioned, 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 conditioned all summer and early fall. All they did was run. We're not even playing basketball. We're just getting in shape. Was Sidney Curry just like crawling and laughing during this time? He's over just eating like a pint of ice cream in the corner. Was it say like my buddies who played uh, who played football at Mail would say all the time like during like their offseason weight and conditioning stuff like. Mike Bush would just be like sitting there, like laughing with the coaches and just not doing. And you know, what are you going to do? Tell Mike Bush he's not going to play if he's not lifting weights in in February. Well, finally in the Cincinnati game, at least he told me he wasn't starting. He didn't start. Started JJ Trainer, and he played fewer minutes in that game. Why didn't he only play seventeen minutes in Cincinnati? He did, and you know, we were a different team. No, we weren't. We kind of looked the same. Lost by nineteen. We were the different team for a half. <laughs> I mean, that's... this is what we've been reduced to. That's it. this is a conversation for tomorrow. We'll get back to basketball tomorrow. We're focusing on football and our concerns so clearly there. Clearly, what you're telling me is tomorrow's show will not be any more, any happier. See, this is Satterfield looking, listening at home. He's like, "Yeah, keep just keep going, just just keep it there, just keep the focus." This is what I'm saying. It's like having a brother who's in jail. The best thing that Scott Satterfield got going for him right now is the Ben's basketball team is 0 six for the first time since before World War II. So he can, you know, it, it could be yeah, worse. That, you didn't have to be the guy getting a a D working at McDonald's, but he is to brag because your brother's in prison. You could have been. He could have been. I mean, you could have been the Jimmy Carter to our Billy. You know, we got Penny, Kenny Payne out there like Billy Beer, you know, just getting drunk playing softball. But brother's the president. The right side of our listening audience did not like that. They're like, oh, Jimmy Carter. <laughs> you trying to say Jimmy Carter's a good thing? Because he's not. <laughs> he was a putz of a president. But who cares? He was president nonetheless. He's building Habitat for Humanity homes at like age 103. Yeah, he also... He also he Regardless of how you feel about his politics, he, the man is a saint. He also took Dar- the Daryl Griffith away from the Olympics. Oh, who cares? He's, he's, he's doing good things for the world That's at a very old age. He's a good man. Um... What are we talking about? I have no idea we got there. So oh, now I just compared somebody to Billy B, Billy Carter. <laughs> the Satterfield thing. Like it, we, I said it Friday, I said it on Wednesday show. Like This was prime opportunity. And every time that he's been in that position where basketball's struggling a little bit, ha- was certainly happening last year. They lose to DePaul. They lose in November to Furman. He's, the team's starting to play a little bit better. We have the wins over Syracuse and Duke. And he's got a chance to become not just the guy that we're putting up with, but – the guy who's got the highest approval rating in the athletic department among the two major sports, right? Like with you know, this time last year, people were upset about with Vince. They're upset with Neely. They're upset with Chris Mack. They're upset with you know the entire basketball staff. And all Scott has to do is beat UK, have an overachieving season, and like people are like, we go from wanting to fire this guy to like he may be the last guy standing, and he can't do it, and he gets beat handily, thirty-one points. We only need an overachieving season. He wins. He wins this UK game eight and four. Is that really overachieving? I mean, that's kind of where we're placing the ceiling at it, right? Based on preseason expectations, sure. I guess. Like, but, let me ask you. Like, so we, you and I, both picked seven and five going into this year. 
No big deal. We're only experts while we get paid the big bucks, right? Even I don't think either of us got anywhere near right the way we the got games, there. But the, the games were a little bit skewed. Yeah, the, the way we got there was nowhere We both got the Kentucky game, game right, yeah. though. I know that for a fact. Oh, yeah. You're right about that. We got that right for sure. I think we pretty sure got Central. No, I think did I pick it against. I don't even remember Central Florida now. We both picked UCF. Oh, do we? <laughs> both before the season and before the game. What other game did we both actually get right that happened? Uh, I think we both picked us to beat NC. I know I picked NC State. We had the same exact picks. Remember in our <laughs> yeah. preseason show? We both had us beating NC State. I remember that. And that, you know, again, experts. We nailed the end of the season. Got it correct. The last four games, boom, flawless. The overall record, flawless. But this is a t- we went 7-5 and five this season. The Vegas expectations, though, the over-under line, it started at 5.5. I think by the time the season started, it was up to 6.5. According to Vegas standards, this was an overachieving season. You as a Louisville fan, I know you picked 7-5. and five, but how do you view the season overall? Is it satisfactory? Is it subpar? Is it overachieving? What do you say now that we know 500 record in conference, 7-5 and five overall, beat a couple of, of good, not great teams, lost your arch rival, though, for the fourth straight time? It just feels like, yeah, it's, it's there. Like you said, it's, just, it's, it's vanilla. It, yeah. It's Satterfield. It's just like, it's not bad enough to where I'm like, I'm pissed. But it wasn't anything to make me go, ooh, I can't wait for that ball game. Or I can't wait for next year. Next year. Or I can't wait for anything, really. I mean, I just, I'm more like, oh, the season's done? Oh, I don't even, did it happen? How did we do? I mean, it just, it just seems so Eeyore. Like, it's just, that's that's what we are. We're like the Eeyore program. We're like, thanks for showing up. We're going to go six and six, or we're going to go seven and five. Yeah. You know, we're here. Please remember to buy tickets. I think the worst thing about this for the fan base, and maybe for Satterfield himself, is that we've never been in the spot. We are so unused to this. It's either been, like, the approval rating, if you could have done it on a year-by-year basis with our head coaches, it's always been sky high or, like, rock bottom. There's never been any in-between. And for the first time, I don't think any of us know how to handle this because we're so used to giving extreme opinions do whatever you can to keep Charlie. He's God. Keep him forever. Do whatever you can to keep Bobby. Keep him forever. He's God. Do whatever you have to to get rid of Cragthorpe. Do whatever you have to to get rid of Cooper. It's always been clear. Yeah. Bobby's been on both sides of it. Well, yeah. <laughs> at least he was nice enough. More to positive be, side for the like, at, 90% of his coaching at, at tenure. Least, see, Bobby was uh, – say what you will about Bobby. He knew that he knew that if, if, if that team stayed 500, we'd be in a situation. He like a man. He made it easy on He us. stepped up and said, listen, I know you guys are ready to move on. I'm ready to move on. You know, I, I, I'm just going to suck. You want to make it official? Let's make it official then, jackass. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, the, that's a man stepping up and doing his responsibility right I there. want that buyout, baby. I'm going to leave you no choice. I told you, we hosted the – we would do our radio show before the, I mean, before the coaches show, so we'd always see Bobby – and after the Florida State game, he hung up on us. He hung up on the show. He was pissed off. He, was clear. The, he I would, might have gotten him to cuss me out so, if I'd interviewed him. Yeah, so he would always look like, for the rest of the season, he would look kind of like angry, like he wouldn't talk to us before he would go on for his coach's show after we'd leave the little stage down there at the Sports and Social Club. Before the last game that he coached, I don't even remember who he played, but it was the last game he played before he fired. The man was on cloud nine. <laughs> he came over. He gave me the biggest bro hug of all time. He knew exactly what was happening. And he was thrilled about it. Like he, this man is going to get paid millions of dollars to not coach for a couple of years to, to have all to get away from a, a situation that he didn't think was good for him anymore. The man was ecstatic, 
And he he left no bones about it. He just completely tanked. I still don't think he wanted to be here when we brought him back in the first place. I think he did at first. I don't. I do. I, just, I, I never thought he did. I think he felt it was beneath him from having to go because of being in the SEC. And I felt he. I always kind of felt he, in his mind he was going backwards in his in, in where he should be. Well, I mean, it was a step up from where he'd been before. I mean, and, and honestly, maybe his tenure would have been shorter if he hadn't fallen kind of ass backwards in the landing Lamar Jackson. Maybe, maybe. Uh, I mean, his he won nine games with like. Reggie Bonifant and Will Gardner at quarterback yeah, sure. in his first year. Like that was probably the best coaching job. That's why I think initially he was really, I think, enthusiastic about about being Maybe. back here and having a, a chance to, you know, reclaim his, his his reputation. And it wound up not playing out that way. You but know, after he left Western, somebody took over and took it to another level. He did. Okay, he, <laughs> you're not wrong. You're not wrong. But we are like, like I think nobody. We're so used to having these extreme opinions that I think people feel strange just kind of being like, I don't know, maybe good, m- maybe bad. Would I mean, this the, This will be the third straight year that we've gone into a season being like, I feel like they're going to be 6-6 six and six or 7-5. and five. I would love to be proven wrong. Would, would love nothing more than to be proven wrong, have a gigantic overachieving season. The difference now, and the only reason why I think you've got a, a solid chunk of the fan base that's willing to at least see how this plays out. Is this recruiting class? If you if he was recruiting right now the way that he'd recruited the first three years, where our class is in the 40s, we're you know number 10, number nine in the ACC, there don't seem to be any big time difference makers. I think everybody, not everybody, but a bulk of the fan base, a large chunk of the fan base, would be in favor of moving on. Where does this? Where's our recruiting class currently ranked at the moment? I mean, I, know I believe we're 16th. Obviously, 16th. Okay. Uh, according to the on three is the last one that I've seen. So I think we're third in the in the ACC. Which is, again, we've never swam in these waters before. And I think people are curious to see how this plays out. Like, what does a, we, we've never gotten kids like Ruben Owens, who when you look at his recruiting tape, you're like, that kid's a pro. He's going to be an NFL running back. There's well, no bones about it. Outside of the Louisville area. As, but even then, like, th- those kids have you, been, you couldn't we've see, seen them, they've looked good, but they've been three star players. Well, Bush, besides Bush. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, that's what I'm saying, outside the Louisville area, because we've gotten the Michael Bush, Jabram, Redmond. But I'm man. talking like, you know, five star, number one in the country at their position. From Texas, from California, yeah, from that is, like no. it, it's it's totally different. Like, no. and we've I think now our curiosity is peaked. We may not see the you know reap the benefits of it in year one next season, but the hope is that two or three years down the line, we're top fifteen good. We're flirting with that playoff that expands to twelve teams, and the question becomes: Is Satterfield and is the staff are they equipped to take all this talent and mold it into something special? Because we haven't sniffed a special season. Since the Lamar year. And that season kind of got, if we're talking just the, the season, it was special because of what Lamar did, but it got derailed by the last three games. Going 0-3 to end that season, you know, we, we didn't get to 10 wins. I'll put myself in a spot, but I'm going to put you in okay. spot first. Yes or no? Do you think that is the case? Do you, Have you seen enough in the last four years with Satterfield and the way he's coached his team that bringing in some talent, he can take that step forward, or does he just plateau with this with even a, a more talented team that we than he's maybe had and stay at that seven seven eight area. This is a total guess. Yeah, have to, have well, it's pre- guess. we're all guessing. My guess is no. That's I'm same. I say no as well. I am encouraged by the fact that we went that we won five of six after starting the season. So dis- I think it speaks to Satterfield's ability to keep the the heads above water, keep heads above water, yeah. to, to keep everybody all, you know believing the message, to keep everybody motivated despite some very negative things being out there. I still have a hard time believing that a guy who 
the rosters have not been terrible here the last four years. There's been talent here. There's been enough talent here. He inherited a good lot of talent. I mean, and he's been one game above 500 in four years. Yeah. Could it be that he just needs that extra little kick, that extra little time to get us to 10-2 and two in 2024 with Pierce Clarkson running the show and Ruben Owens here and Dylan? Maybe, maybe. But if you're asking me to guess whether or not that's going to happen based on what I've seen so far, my guess is no. And I'll end this with what I've said a million times. Would love nothing more than to be proven wrong. Love it. Would love it. I feel like the peak with our schedules that we have coming up, with the ACC getting a little bit stronger in the middle, not at the top, but in the middle. Clemson's done. I've said this before. They lost South Carolina this week. I told you. They're done. They're never going to compete for a national title again. Not with Dabo there. Pissed off God. He's done. Well, no, you be pissed off players. Because he's not, you know, he doesn't think they should get paid. He's not going to do NIL. He's not going to do transfers. So guess what? You're going to be good. You're not going to be elite anymore. Congrats on every nine which and three season that you're about were, to have. Which is what you were for 20 years before he got Exactly. There. They're going back to that. Yeah. Which was fine for them before this. I don't think they're going to, once you've tasted filet mignon, it's hard to go back to Kroger bargain bin steaks. Once you've tasted a duffel bag of Coke, it's hard to go back to salmon in the river. Once again, back to cocaine bear. <laughs> yeah, I love it. He's my new favorite thing today. But to answer your question, no, yeah, is my I'm, guess. I'm kind of with you. I, it is a guess, but I, I just don't know. I, I, I want to be – tell, tell me why I'd be wrong. What, 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 if, what if someone who would answer that question yes, how would they convince me that I should say yes? I just don't, I don't see where it is. I mean, what his first year where he inherited, I think, a lot more talent than we thought he was going to get, and we've kind of gone steadily down since then. Since that town is, I, I kind of said he was a, I know I think when, when we first started the show, I kinda, you, you dismissed it. And I was a little harsh with it when I said he's kind of a Ron Cooper-ish, where he's taking that, that, that talent he's gotten from Snellenberger, and each year we're going to get down and down until we're, you know, bad. I don't think Satterfield's that bad. We got better this year. We did, but we still didn't, I mean, we got better, but did we get better? Yeah, I think I mean, we did. Are, are we where I, I want the program to be? No. But are we better than the last two years? Yes. I mean, we're still still holding on to that one year that he, of the of when he had the Petrino talent is his best season. It is. I mean, well, it was it equal this season depending on how we do it. We went seven and five. And we won our bowl game. That's so true, if we yeah. got seven and five this year and win our bowl game, then it would be the same. I guess you got yeah. If we win that, we like. And I think this season overall, the schedule was better than that that season. So there, there's that. And you know, we we okay. only lost to Kentucky by thirteen. Hang the banner. Um, and that was a team with NFL talent on it. It was that, that team was more talented than this one. I think. Yeah. I, Life had yet the only thing that I've beaten down Malik. You're, you're asking for people to sell you on Satterfield being the guy. Yeah, I want. I want. The only thing that I would say is this: I w- the best eras that we've had in Louisville football history, and part of this falls on that coach. Okay. We've had a quarterback who's been much better than what he's had so far, and I, I get that it falls. You, you know, people are like it falls on him. Falls. I agree. Mm-hmm. If Pierce Clarkson is that kid. I want to see what he's able to do with a elite quarterback. Our best seasons in history, you've had Brian Brom. You've had Teddy Bridgewater. You've had Lamar Jackson. You, even, even Stephon LaForce was a fantastic college quarterback. You can go back to our Fiesta Bowl with Browning Nagel. Browning Nagel, terrific. Chris Redman, terrific. Transfer, but still good, yeah. As, as impressive as Malik's stats are, I mean, I, you've said it a million times. First of all, they, you know, they, they came over like six years, so there's that. Yeah, did, did they get you a little bit when they're like, he just tied Lamar Jackson. I'm like, 
Lamar did that in a year, like two and a half years. It took him five years to do two it. Two and a half years. And even when he was playing full time, he was playing like a quarter and a half before they sat him out. I was sitting there reading it like, dude, has there ever been like an obscured stat? They had like you know like, got Lamar to send a congratulations video to Malik. I'm like, in the back of his mind, he's got to be like, dude, it took you three times as much time to get there <laughs> it as it did. Exactly. He's got to be a little bit pissed off about that. Like, I don't think that we've had a quarterback of that ability, of that caliber. With Satterfield here, if Clarkson is that guy, or if we go out and we get a transfer this year, who's who's that type of guy? I want to see what the program, what this offense is able to do under Satterfield with that type of talent behind center. Fair enough. But it's a hot. I mean, we we've all just. And I'm assuming that Pierce is going to be that guy. I mean, he's still exactly. Not, he's still. I mean, as as good as he can be, he's still what ranked like 80th quarterback or well ninth. But overall, he's still like only a four star quarterback. Oh yeah, he's not a top 100 player according yeah. to the scouting services. Like he's he's one of the the top 15 quarterbacks in America, but. Sometimes that doesn't always pan out. He's small, man. I mean, you watch he's small. Him, he's, he's small. You worry how he can get through a whole season. Sometimes. And as far as like people are, are wondering, you know, is he ready to go as a true freshman? Like, Can he be that guy? Is he going to compete with Brock Doman? I think I've said that. I can't remember if it was the podcast or the show where I've said this. A little, little scoopage. So we know his dad, Steve Clarkson, is the he's the quarterback guru who runs a lot of quarterback camps out there on the West Coast. He's obviously, He has the ties to Adidas. He's a kind of a liaison between Louisville and Adidas. It's been my understanding for the last month or so that he is making it a priority to try and do what he can to get U of L a grad transfer quarterback for next season. I think he thinks that, and this is smart, best case scenario for his son because he is a little bit smaller and because he's a true freshman going from a high level of high school football to a high level of college football mm-hmm. to have a year where he can come along slowly to, to redshirt. Thank you. Perfect. I exactly. Definitely when he's the happen. And let's say, like, best case scenario. The grad transfer quarterback. Let's say we got Caden McNamara from Michigan, and he just isn't as good as we think he's going to be. And Clarkson is just that good. You still like it's a better situation for him to come in halfway through the season and kind of play savior than it is for him to start from day one and have all these gigantic expectations. Like you still you want the depth Plus, you at, at the quarterback him, you position. You want play. options. Plus nowadays you can let him play a game or two and still redshirt. You play four games, yeah, yeah. And, and still and still have that season available. So. I think the fact that Steve Clarkson and this staff are trying to make, they're going to make it a priority to go out there and get a signal caller who they think should be the starter for next year is comforting. Now, can they get it done? Because they haven't done that in the past. I would like to think that with Malik being gone and the quarterback position seemingly being wide open, it would make Louisville a more attractive option for somebody like McNamara or like Jeff Sims from Georgia Tech who wants to go somewhere where he can be a starter right away and just have a bigger stage. Or you know, you know, a solid enough stage. I know Max Maris started at Michigan last year, but he's you know, maybe like a USC comes calling. But if they don't, Louisville's not a bad place to fall down to. Yeah, like it, it should be easier to get one of these guys than it was to get a guy when you know, they're looking at the situation and saying, "Am I going to beat out Malik Cunningham?" And Scott Satterfield wasn't willing to say. Yes, like you you're have. gonna be the guy. Well, maybe. maybe I mean, depends on who you're going. Maybe after. our best, our best option. Like Luke McCaffrey did not Luke deserve McCaffrey. to have that said too. Like we, Luke McCaffrey you know, sucked. Exactly, it. and that and he came here. We're, we're not gonna guarantee you the starting job over Malik Cunningham. That's what he wanted. And then he went to whatever the program. All the McCaffreys got fired now at Northern Colorado or whatever. They fired like the whole family. Thing is, is if Luke had stayed, I don't think he, I still don't think he would have beaten out Malik. No, they would they would have moved positions. He's not. He wasn't good. Yeah, he wasn't any good. Uh, Texas says 502-414-1450. Did the get fired at Colorado State? Or yeah, Colorado, Northern, after, they went like 1-11 yeah. this year. They're all gone. The whole McCaffrey family's done. They wiped them out. <laughs> they're all going back to, they're on their way to San Francisco to hang out with Christian. Texas says the tweet that uh, about Bobby that resurfaced last week was the best part of, of last week. 
quote the quote was that's one thing you can never say about my college coach Bobby Petrino he doesn't have a racist bone in his body that oh, MF yeah. hated everybody I think that was Jaquay Savage I say, that was that was such a great tweet by the way it's probably 100%. How did he do at Missouri State? Didn't they end up doing well? Yeah. They made the playoffs last year. I think they're going to make it again this year. Yeah. That's what the order in the playoffs. They are in the playoffs. would be in the playoffs. Haven't their playoffs started, I think? Uh, I think, yeah, they have. Yeah, they usually do. Uh, Texas has the, the Bruce Feldman story on candidates for the Cincinnati job. They have Jim Leonard, Brian Hartline, Jesse Minner, Alex Golish, and Matt House. No mention of Vince Merrow, which is funny. Matt House. Good Lord. Texas Matt Jones putting that Vince Merrow tweet out there was such a blatant lie. It was like when he said there was a discussion of a Vince Merrow, PV, Kenny Payne trifecta, never going to happen. Oh, I could tell you about a shadow of a doubt. Like that was a was a straight lie. Because I got told somebody from somebody who works directly under Dwayne PV that if Dwayne PV went to U of L, it would mean Kenny Payne would never go to U of L. And if uh, Kenny Payne went to U of L, it would mean Dwayne PV would never go to U of L. Like whatever happened in that DePaul coaching search, it damaged that relationship irreparably. Like I don't, again, I don't know if it was DePaul who said thanks but no thanks or if it was Kenny who said thanks but no thanks. But whatever happened there, uh, the, the, the Dwayne Peavy-Kenny Payne combo package deal was was never a real thing. I love the name you took to give me a flashback. Matt House, he was I, he was one of the first people I interviewed when I got in the radio. Uh, he was the OC at IU at the time back in 08. Shout out to IU OC. I wonder where he is now. Where, I don't even know where he is now. I didn't even know he's still coaching. Good for him. Canada. He's clearly going upwards. Still above Vince Merrill on the he's food chain. Okay. He's talking about getting a Cincinnati job. Texas, we need to go back to a pro-style QB who is capable of being mobile. That's what's best for a passing offense that, that can attract wide receivers. Well, that's kind of, I mean, pro-style mobile quarterbacks is somewhat of a contradiction slightly. We need another Lamar. <laughs> we need a really good thrower and a really good pro runner. Pro-style mobile quarterback. I mean, it's... I think he means like a guy who can, yeah. like a, maybe like a LaForce, someone, someone, more yeah, of a pocket yeah, passer, but who can I, I keep plays alive with his with his legs. No, I get what he's saying. And, and, and that's kind of where... The game is that in itself, anyway. Yeah. I mean, the the Neil Donalds are very few and far between nowadays. They are. I mean, Jeff Sims, I know he's been – we're talking about these guys specifically because it's early in the transfer portal and they're early entries into it. Um, Sims was really good against us in 2020. He's – if you take him, the offense is probably going to look the same as it did with Malik because he's a much better runner than he is a thrower. So if you're trying to elevate the traditional passing game, because I do think that's why you lost both. I think you lost Jordan Watkins because he thought he wanted to play with a better quarterback and in a more pass-heavy offense. I think you lost Tyler Harrell for the bag. I think it was it was Alabama, oh, yeah. and they had an NIL deal, and boom, he's gone there. But would it have been? Would you have had a better chance of keeping at least one of those guys? Maybe Justin Marshall too, if you'd had a more traditional pocket passer, probably. Like, I mean, receivers want the ball thrown. The way I would word it, instead of a pocket passer with mobility, I would say a mobile quarterback with a deep ball, because that's what you need is somebody who can hit that deep ball, and that's something Malik struggled with on a consistent basis over the last half decade he's been here. Because even when we had guys that could get it, how many times in, in last year that we would say, you know, the Virginia game for an example, where he he missed an open Harrell. That ended a drive. They got Virginia the ball back. Well, now you've used that one before, and that was where we, we there was that was just a drop. So that was the NC State game. He did miss open guys. Oh, was it Harrell the drop? Okay, yeah, the Virginia game. He actually made a great throw, and the it's, dude just dropped it. But, but he, the, he has missed the big yeah, play a lot. The, the, that'd be yeah. He even did it with Tutu as well. Sometimes I mean, it's just and that's just and again. I'm not trying to be mean. That's just he's just an average quarterback at best. Yeah, good athlete, average quarterback. Texas says, Mike, go ahead and say it, Scott. You can't lose to Georgia Tech. Well, <laughs> we're not starting that yet. We got a bowl game play because we are opening next season against Georgia Tech, 
At the, oh, I was going to say, is that where it's Yeah, at game. the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I think it's we, we go Georgia Tech, Indiana, Murray State to start next year. Ooh, Jeff Sims comes in here going against his former I'm team saying, right away. I did. It was worth noting in the picture that he put up announcing his entry into the transfer portal, he does appear to be throwing an L. Hmm. 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 L's up. L's up. GT's down. I don't know how you would even do that, but T down. Don't don't try to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like the old dog on the. <laughs> Section says, uh, "Sat to Liberty would be a great fit now that Hugh Freeze is gone." Stop. He um, does feel like a fit for Liberty, though, doesn't he? We don't have to say it. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying he does kind of feel like a perfect move. <laughs> Dexter says, uh, how do we know that Sat doesn't have the passion for the school? That feels like a he-can't-do-anything-right critique. What do we need him to do? Coach shirtless with his face painted up? Yeah, exactly. No, I mean, I said if going in, comes it feels out like, like an unfair if he thing. he comes out like Kirk Cousins in the Celebration locker room dance, I would maybe be happy with that. It's just, it's not who he is. It's, it's not not what he's going to do. Didn't he talk trash on Twitter the, like, the last year with Saint, when St. Peter's beat Kentucky? He's like, St. Peter's is my new favorite school, which... <laughs> I want like when I said I wanted to see more fire. I was like more like in the games. Like, like you, you, you can't. Did he peak Max House? You can't do basketball smack talk when you're owing over against the football team and you haven't kept it close. Like it was when it came out. I was like, I mean, I, I like it, Scott, but I don't. At the same time, I don't. Like, let's just. It didn't have the same zing as Jeff Walls talking about after beating Baylor, going. We ran the play that they ran to Robert Morris. <laughs> yeah, or if Jeff Walls warranted to dump on the UK football team, like like. Walls has earned it. He hasn't lost the UK in like 35 years. If Dan McDonald wanted to, sure. Like he owns UK. But like Satterfield coming in there and trying to like talk basketball, I'm like, it, it felt like a try hard moment. Rami, did, was it was it Satterfield that TP'd Mac or Mac that TP'd Satterfield? They both did it in each other. Mac, Mac did it Who first. Did it first? Okay, Mac, Mac. Mac and Tyree did it when uh, he won ACC Coach of the Year. And then I think Satterfield did it when Mac beat UK. And I was like, even at the time, like I, I wanted to have the feel good vibes. I was like, honestly, the strippers were kind of more embarrassing than this. This is or less embarrassing than this. It, it was just like this feels like we're trying way too hard to to distance ourselves from the past. Like, I don't need millionaires TPing each other's homes on video. I'm sorry. I, I maybe that's too harsh, but I, I I didn't like it. It just felt silly. I agree. Am I being mean? I'm sorry. No, you're not. <laughs> I was just thinking in my head of how I was going to make a toilet paper invincible little crap joke. Okay. <laughs> uh, Scooter Dingus texted in. Scoots up one nothing still. Said, y'all thought Little Howard was coming there, but he said, nay, N-E-I-G-H. I'm good where I'm at. Is Little Howard a horse? Yes. I don't think I'm. Is Little Howard a horse? Because that's what we, we've, we've established. I've never game. even seen him. The governor. I don't even know what he looks like. The Governor's Cup is generic because there's like 19 Governor's Cups out there for for schools. We need to get rid of that name, get rid of, and just get a giant golden horse trophy and call it Little Howard. And that would be the trophy given between the two schools. They make perfect sense. Yeah. But no, you know, we got to have the Governor's Cup and Kroger and yada, yada, yada. But yes, uh, saw Scoots throwing jokes on Twitter with me. goes, what was this tweet at me? on said, look on the bright side, Trevor. At least you want to use Gasway to drive up to the... To get little Howard in, in Indiana tomorrow. <sighs> Texas Cocaine Bear has been discussed on the show before. How does Trevor not remember these things? I thought no. it, I thought it had been. That could have been a day I was gone. Maybe. Because I think something tells me I would remember Cocaine Bear. I'm pretty sure I'm never gonna forget Cocaine Bear. I'm over here, I've been reading during the break about Cocaine Bear. I've been loving this. 
Terry says, Mike, you were the first person pimping Bobby Petrino caddy for his daughter. People make mistakes. Have you ever t- no, I was not. That's a blatant lie that's just trying to make me mad. I just remember watching Petrino because his, his son played at St. Matthews. Maybe was that the same time you were playing there when, when Bobby Jr. was no, playing? No, they're there? way younger than I am. Okay, I couldn't remember. And he would come in there, and two things I always remember. I'll never forget about one. Bobby Jr. just had the hairiest legs any 10-year-old should ever You've said have. this on the show before. And second, <laughs> he was a good little point guard. But second, dad would just hide in the very top corner of Wagner's gym. Like, like sweatsuit all over. Like, he looked like the Sith Lord. He'd have, like, you know, the hood over his... He'd have, like, a hood over him, like, protecting his face. And, like, didn't want anybody to see him or anybody to know. I don't even remember him coming in the front door, to be honest. I don't know how he got in. Like, I'm assuming he came to the vents. Like, and then left secretly somehow. Texas, Missouri State, by the way, went 5-6 and six this year. Let's well, classic Petrino arc. Overachieve right away. Missouri State? Yeah. Okay. Overachieve right away. And then uh, kind of let him down as... The, as Time goes on. Well, didn't they? Uh, they almost beat uh, Arkansas, though. Yeah, they were right there. I told you, like, any yeah. other coach would be like, we're not pulling out all the stops for this game. We're saving it for the games that matter in the FCS. I was like, Petrino's pulling out everything for this oh, game. Oh, yeah. And he did. He tried, he tried to win it. Texas says, did DePaul get another one over on us by not hiring KP and leaving us to take him? I know the million DePaul fans who tweet at me after every loss sure seem to think so. That's the worst, about, that's the worst part about the last season was losing that game. Like, everybody who's just couldn't say anything to me from DePaul – that's hated the fact that I've made fun of them for the last 75 years. Now, like anytime anything happens in Louisville, I'm just flooded with DePaul fans, and I hate it. I got pulled in that undertow with some of their, their shows over there. Yeah, I mean, they, they call me out. He got mad at me. They're they're talking. They're playing audio from our show on their podcast. <laughs> what a low state of affairs. I was going to go on the trivia show with them, and I was going to name George Mikan for everything. We're getting bullied by DePaul. <laughs> What's happening? Well, women's DePaul coach. Ooh. Georgina Mikan? <laughs> Texas says, not just the deep ball, crossing routes, out routes, timing passes. <laughs> well, Texas, I'm just trying to give me an inch, okay? I'm just trying to ask, just give me a little bit first. I'm not, I don't need a whole meal right away. Just some breadcrumbs. That's all I ask for. Texas says, here's the thing. Uh, Stefan, Teddy, Brian, any number of past QBs uh, win that game on Saturday. Malik is not them. The main issue with the offense was, you know, Kentucky will adjust out of halftime. What are your adjustments, Scott? At least attempt the Wildcat. We never ran it at all this season. I'm honest with you. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been hating seeing that on occasion. Look, uh, another positive from Saturday that I, mean, I think we should mention. The fact that Brain Smith was one of our better passers this year to begin with. I also, I, I, I will give Satterfield credit. I love the play call that we ran where we used the Braden Smith double pass as a decoy. Yes. We threw yeah. that, and then we ran. We, we uh, had the, um, the the tight end drag over the middle and made a big play, which should have been a first down. That, that was what set up the fourth and short. Cause we got, I still think that was a first down, too. I think that was. I thought it was, too, but I, I, no, I did not was. like the play They just call. didn't want to review it, but it was a first down. Now, how does that change the whole concept of the game? I don't know. Maybe, but it was a bad, it was a bad call. We got it screwed was. on it. Um, I liked that play call. I... I also think we have to give props. We've mentioned Jawar Jordan, how impressive he was. Maurice Turner played well well too as a true yeah. freshman. I think if you feel good now, you're, you're, I think we're all assuming we're going to lose. Cooley and Mitchell are gone. We know that. Ty and Evans, I think, is going to go too. I think he's going to try to go pro, even though he probably, if he gets drafted, he'll be a late round pick. I think he just he's ready to be gone. He's ready to be done with college, which whatever, that's fine. You, I assume Jawar Jordan's going to come back. I think you keep Maurice Turner as well. You add Ruben Owens to the mix. You feel pretty good about your running back stable for next year. Like that should be a strength. I think Ruben Owens is. Well, it should be because that's also Satterfield's entire offense is based on. It should be our strength. I mean, we're going to have to get the passing game better, but I think you you feel like you should be just as good in the run game as you have have been in the past, even without Malik Cunningham being a threat. Um, you know, we'll see who we bring in at quarterback. 
man, no other way to say it. Like, we've got, you've got to go out there and get a good quarterback. You, you have to. Uh, Texas says, so if those people say that the Wake Forest and Pitt wins mean more, does the do the BC and Florida State losses hurt more than losing the UK? It's a fair point. Like, that's, I, I don't buy the argument at all. Again, unless the conference games are getting you to the conference championship or getting you into the playoff, they, they don't mean more than the UK game, especially when UK is at least as good, if not better, than most of the ACC teams that we're talking about. Only Clemson game, I would argue with that. And I, I still, I said UK this year. I think it's a fair argument, but it's that's still debatable. But I would for say, sure, that, it's, that, it's absolutely debatable. That's the only game I would, I would actually accept an argument with for that Kentucky is not bigger than fill in the blank ACC opponent. All right, the guy we're, everyone wants to scapegoat in these situations. The guy who asked us every single week during our winning streak how much he should drink before every game. He asked again on, on Wednesday. You were gone. Okay, yeah. And I well. said, I, I told him, 3 o'clock, if you can get to 6 for this game. Six beers. And he said, he just texted in, I did not follow the pregame instructions. I was so anxious before the game that I couldn't drink at all. Didn't start until halftime. Wow. Basically, this loss is on me. I, no, I this think, guy screwed everything up. I think you made up for it by halftime, I would assume. <laughs> he ruined the whole thing. Got to ruin the whole damn thing. Get him out of here. Way, way to go, man. Sober. All right, we're going to take our last no break. No one likes a quitter. we got to take our last break here. Before we do, though, reminding you, if you have financial needs, go to First Bankers Trust. FirstBankersTrust.com is the website. First Bankers Trust is the company, and they work with every client individually to help them meet their financial goals. They offer a wide range of services, including investment management, trust and estate services, philanthropic services, and financial planning. For more information about what First Bankers Trust can do for you, go to FirstBankersTrust.com. Not going winless in Maui, not losing to your rival every year, making money, keeping that money, doubling that money. It all starts with one word, trust. Some people have it. Some people don't. First Bankers Trust has it. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Final segment of the show coming your way next. Keep it locked right here on 1450 The Big X. Welcome back in. Final segment of the Cyber Monday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show. Age, sex, location. ASL. What's cyber? Never really grasped Cyber Monday. Did you ever cyber back in the day, Trevor? <laughs> still cyber sex? Still cybering today. <laughs> still, you're the only guy still going still to AOL, AOL chat rooms, ASL? Oh, yeah. I'm alone, just kind of hovering around in there. In much Play better more. news, uh, congrats <laughs> to Danny Busman Kelly. Just named the three back to back to back, three times consecutive ACC Coach of the Year. Uh, also, Maya Tillman has been named the ACC Defensive Player of the Year. Again, we're it's, it's a volleyball radio show. It's a volleyball school. It's who we are. It's what we do. No big deal. But props to Danny Busman. This is what happens when you come on the show. You start winning Coach of the Year every year. She yeah. was our first coach guest. She's reaping the benefits, and she's been the best coach at U of L. Maybe if Vince hadn't turned us down at the beginning, he would have had a better successful tenure. It all could have been different if Vince had just held up. To, he said he was going to come on the show, didn't get back to me, yep. never came on, and he became a loser. <laughs> Trevor, <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't care. He's never come on the show anyway. He's, now, now he's not. I don't want him on that. Who said I don't care? He can come here. He can come here and knock on the door right now. <laughs> Say, Trevor, Trevor, hello, Trevor. Can, can, can I come on? And t- 
I'm like, get out. I'm gonna take the left. I'm gonna take the half of half of a large melon yellow from Arby's. I got over here. I'm gonna chuck it at him. The TK and Friends show. Never gonna have Vince Tyrell. I feel like, do I get a say in this? No. No. Um, again, we, we only what eight minutes left here. We'll try to get to as many texts as we can. There's no. I mean, we have 42 unread texts. Gonna, get it to him because I'm just. Not, I just. Now I know you got, got Cardinal inside. I can tell. Hey, just send it to me right now. What well, was a big weekend? It was a long weekend. Uh, Texas says, what are Trevor's thoughts on the Iran flag controversy at the World Cup? Uh, I think it's ridiculous. (laughs) Well done. (laughs) I believe that the flag should be able to fly. Texas (laughs) Texas says, all of our sports suck now. Succinct, they don't all suck. Is that what happened? They told somebody they couldn't wave a flag or something? No. Texas says, here's why rivalries matter. Four and seven Arizona beat four and seven Arizona State on Saturday, and the crowd stormed the field. Arizona had lost five consecutive to ASU. I agree, you don't storm the field going five and seven, but they wouldn't have done it against anyone else. Beating Kentucky matters. I would have rather gone five and seven or six and six if one of the wins was against Kentucky. Who cares about the Odor Eaters Bowl with a half-empty stadium? Okay, here's what I'm gonna say. Jed Fish, man. Okay, we went from bringing Brom home to let's go fishing. Let's go fishing. I want Jed Fish, baby. Let's go fishing. Let's go fishing. Better dead than Jed. <laughs> bring me Jed or bring me dead. <laughs> uh, Indiana Larry says, just think if Purdue was in the East, they'd be fourth in the Big Ten. Yeah, Ooh. well, you know, if my aunt had a pair, she'd be my uncle. <laughs> that doesn't happen. Sorry, they're in the West. Texas and they're going to win. The, and they're going to beat Michigan. Texas says, oh, I've seen a lot of these now. With Hugh Freeze to Auburn, hey, Liberty, can I interest you in a good God-fearing man who's a proven track record of success taking uh, a school in that area to Division One? Liberty is in North Carolina, right? Liberty is in South Carolina? It's in one of the Carolinas. I believe it's in South Carolina. Or is it in Virginia? Oh. <laughs> it could be in one of those three. Now that you say that, I think it is in Virginia. Yes, yeah, the Virginia now rings a bell, too. I want to say it's in, because it, it's... Lynchburg, I think, is the name of the city, which is <laughs> yeah, we're gonna leave that one alone. A tough, a, a tough <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is in Virginia. Okay, yeah. Lynchburg. Well, that's where I think that network from Michael Vick's from, I believe, Lynchburg. Is it okay? Yeah, that's uh, it was him and what was the other mobile quarterback that oh, I can't remember his name? They had like a couple of them that came out, they went to Virginia. One went to Virginia, it was real good, and then Vick went to Virginia Tech. Gotcha, they were from like the same area. Texas says, is there any excitement about Scott's D lasting longer than expected? If this happens and the offense improves, I think there's hope for the future. Yeah, I mean, if we... I caught your joke in there, by the way. Yeah, if Scott's D lasts for more than a year, we won't call doctors. We'll be excited about it. <laughs> we need... Yeah, if the defense can equal this performance next year and you can improve the... I mean, it's it's this re- exact reverse of what we've seen for the last two years. If the defense can just be competent, we would have been an 8-9 win team. Now we're like, if the offense can just be competent, we could be an 8-9 win team next year. Uh, I mean, we, we've got to get both sides playing well at the same time. Because once again... Defense doesn't win championships. Offense and defense wins championships. You got to be good at both. We've seen this first and the last four years. You got to be good at both if you want to have good seasons. I'm assuming we're bringing Brown back, right? Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. He's a semifinalist for the Broyles Award, Trevor. <laughs> you, know, you don't fire Broyles, Broyles Award semifinalists. Isn't that the guy that got famous at Arkansas? <laughs> what? Frank, isn't that name it to Frank Broyles? I think it's Art Broyles. Oh. Yeah. I thought it was Frank. Texas, I would take Brom and roll my dice with the recruiting class. I think yeah. there is a segment of the fan base that's that's kind of, even after this season. When you think Brom would be able to keep some of those recruits, right? 
You'd hope so. You would like to think But so. I, I think that there's a segment of the fan base that still is like, recruiting class be damned. I don't care if we have to start from scratch. I'm ready for fresh blood. And I, the, the, clearly was the prevalent theme with the fan base after the Boston College game. Mm. I, hell, I was there. I'm not there now. I'm willing to, like I said, I don't feel confident about it, but I'm guessing. I'm realizing that I, I I could very easily be wrong. I don't feel strongly about it. I want to see what Satterfield and company can do with this influx of talent that's coming in in the next couple of seasons. I think next year might be a little bit dicey, but then two years from now, you hope that the patience pays off. You, you hope that you... So you're banking on a lot for wait to have to wait two years to see something. And Well, I mean, what do you expect? Like, like, we, you, you said the same thing. Like, I know. This freshman class isn't going to... To immediately oh, turn you from seven and five good to nine and three good, you're, you're one more year. likely to take a step back than you are for sure. First year, I know that. I'm aware of that. The preseason expectations for next year's team, and again, a lot of this is based on what this team does in the transfer portal, what this program does in the transfer portal. Agreed. I'm guessing that the preseason expectations for next year's team are going to look a lot like the preseason expectations for this past year's team: seven and five, six and six, five and seven, eight and four is a great season. Like that's going to happen, I think. The question becomes, can you show enough signs of hope for the future that all of a sudden you're looking going into 2024 with like top 25 buzz with maybe we can win nine games. And then the year after that, you're hoping for a special season. I think that's the hope right now. But that's all it is, is is hope. Texas, I blame this uh, Trevor and Scoots bet on our terrible start to the men's basketball season. (laughs) I think there's equal blame to go around there. What if you lost and Eastern Michigan's only win is over a NIA, NAIA team that counted on their official record? I'll be so, I will be kind of pissed. But then again, we had our chances to win those games too. And we didn't do it. Yeah, I mean, we we had options. Clearly, clearly, the below mid major teams we only lose to by a point. Power five teams we lose to by thirty. Yeah, doesn't bode well for our next three games. But doesn't bode well for the Kentucky game. No, I mean, we, I think that goes without saying. I mean, I, honestly, I kind of want to like. I mean, if I, I kind of send like a pre pre negative testing COVID Mary into the locker room. <laughs> Send to Orlando. Hey, we got a game in Florida coming up next week. I'm just saying, is that bad? We're playing in Tallahassee next week. Let the boys go out. Let them let them party a little bit. I'm like Phoebe trying to get her cold back. Yeah, like just get going there and cough on somebody. <laughs> Texas says we'd probably take a hit from the media for getting rid of a 7-5 and five coach, but I'm tired of the lack of emotion from the coach and players, especially when things aren't going well. I mean, yeah, you probably would get a little hit from the media. Oh, you definitely would. Yeah. Texas says the ride is over. I went for, to UofL from 2009 to 2013 for some golden years of men's basketball and some exciting football seasons under Strong. Football is destined for another mediocre season next year, and basketball is in the toilet. I wish I had enjoyed it more at the time because I don't think I'll ever see either one being as exciting as they were then. Again, this basketball season isn't a rebuild of a once pro, a proud program. It's a demolition of everything that made us fun in the first place. When he says he wishes he, like, wish he remembered it because he was too drunk partying during it? I think he says he wishes he like, enjoyed it more at yeah. the time. Which, you know, everybody says that about everything. Like, yeah, yeah if, we'd, if we'd known... If I'd known how the next 10 years were going to go with the men's basketball program, I probably would have soaked up 2013 just a little bit more. But I feel like I did a pretty good job of soaking it up while I was there. Honestly, I soaked up pretty good. I mean, I spent hundreds of dollars on clothes that I still couldn't even fit into then, and yet to get not even near to fitting into now. Just to, just, just because I wanted championship shirts. Yeah. Texas, uh, I don't want to go to any bowl game. I don't want to get my hopes up, only to lose to some team I've never heard of in the Fenway Bowl. I mean, 
I still want to see. Oh, oh, you want to go to? Yeah, you that extra practice, baby. Actually, the Fenway Bowl would be actually kind of cool because you get to go watch a game in, in Fenway Park. Because we're, we're right now we're looking at the Sun Bowl, right? Sun Bowl, Pinstripe, Fenway, Military. Those seem to be the most. I don't think anybody knows what the hell we're going. It's all the bowls we were talked about last year. Texture says, "Don't worry, TK. No one listens." Uh, no, no. Texture says, "No one listens to who?" Texture says, "Who waits to start drinking later than earlier when they're nervous?" Yeah, it's a fair point. Drinking guys, drinking guy ruined the whole damn season. I, I, I'm not willing to die on that hill. Drinking guy costs us everything. I mean, I don't drink, but I promise you, I didn't wait till halftime to pack a bowl. Okay, <laughs> just saying. A little, little <laughs> gift there for the 557 audience. <laughs> Texas first possession after the half set the tone for the rest of the game. UK handed us and carried that either. Um, <laughs> I can I can see where that one. But was. I agree. I agree with the start of that. The biggest the game flipped to me. First series of the second half. I think the right. first play of the second half was the biggest play of the game. They sacked us, took us totally out of our um, our plan set for that that drive. And all of a sudden, we're second and 19, and the momentum never went back to our side again. Well, the sad part is, is you knew where our offense was that when we get caught in, in any kind of long situation, we're screwed. Yeah, for sure. That 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 That's your biggest. Not being in the position is the fact that you knew going into it, you couldn't get out of it was, is a big problem. And then we got second and 19. I told Mary, here comes the, the traditional run play on second and yeah. 19. And it was, and we got like five yards, and then it was, you know, third and 14, three and out. And the game was the game was essentially over at that point. All right, we got to get out of here tonight. Monday Night Football, Steelers, Colts. TK, who you got? Uh, you know, Saturday has been uh, it's it's been rocking. He's one and one. Could should have maybe beat the Eagles last week. Prince was promised. Back. Uh, I'm gonna say, despite all that, and it is an Indy, and we'll have the game on here on these airwaves coming at eight o'clock right after the coaches show. Um, I'm gonna go. This is I'm gonna go Pittsburgh win this game tonight. Give me the Colts. I'm riding with Jeff Saturday. I'm right Saturday all day. Give me the Colts. Uh, I don't care really. I'm, I'm, I was going to say, go I don't care. Uh, enjoy the football tonight, though. Have a fantastic Monday evening. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll be in the middle of the USA Iran game. Hopefully that goes oh, well for do we, us. Do we do some play by play for it? You damn right we can. Better than talking about Louisville, Maryland. Can I be like Alexi Laws? Yeah. Is that I say his name right? Yeah. I'll all be, right. Can I be Ian Dark? He's the, I don't think that's not frowned. That's, I don't think you're allowed to do that nowadays. Well, there's an E at the end of it. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I, I think you get you he's got an accent. You get canceled when you do when you, no. when you do that. I'll be in dark. You can be Alexi Lawless. Uh, we'll do some soccer talk, and then I guess we'll have to talk about Louisville, Maryland. We'll do a little bit of that. Everybody have a fantastic Monday night. We'll see you guys right back here tomorrow at three o'clock. Go cards. Not done with the insider. <laughs> <laughs>